Sabah. All right, mic check, mic check. Money Masters Podcast, your main of course. I got a special guest across from me. If you people don't know who this is, this is Jordan Johnson. This is the commissioner of District 1. District 1. District 1. You know, for a long time, we were saying uh, it was another organization he's under. It was something different. Uh, C-O-Y of... Uh, Back when I was with the Young Democrats. Young, the, Democrats, young Democrats, yeah. Augusta. For a long time, that was that, that was yeah. an announcement, you know. Yeah. Uh, how you been? I've been. I'm here. Still alive, still kicking, you know. I, I always wonder if they were going to do a meme with you when you first got in the office and then when, <laughs> when you leave the office. <laughs> it it feels like it's on the way, man. My hairline, like I'm I'm like now getting it painted on. You still got the sharp tape line, though. That's, it's fake. Wash the paint. I wash the paint in the summertime. It's, it's, it's Augusta, Georgia. It's slide yeah. down your neck, you know, line your forehead, and you don't want that on the news. That'd yeah. be a meme for real. It's literally paint right now. <laughs> it, it's, it's walking away. And like I, I shut off, I, I, I shaved all this off, my chin and everything off. Not because it was cool, but it was like, hey, it was that stuff was thinning. <laughs> so the Java, it'll do it to you. It will. That's funny. Um, hey man, uh just uh, just a quick like, you know, two years, man, it's been a long time since I've seen you like in this building. I've seen you out, of course. Yeah. Uh when I see you out places, I'm not gonna lie, I like to think that I'm important then. You know, I feel like, oh, he's here and I'm here. Oh no, it must man. be important. No, you know, no. when I seen you at the CeeLo, remember when CeeLo came to pain, yeah, we was yeah. there. I said, I'm important. I'm in no. the room with, with, with Jordan Johnson. No, no, I gotta be. With, I'm in the room with Maine. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, man, it's it's big stuff. Don't hype me up. Hey, everybody know that, so I'm, I'm always honored, man, to be around you to talk to you and for you to still be rocking with me after all this time. Definitely, man. Appreciate I appreciate you, you man. Um, yeah. So I, I want to, before we get into I'm going to start talking about, you know, your upbringing, where you come from, but tell people just who you are and what you do right now mm-hmm. before we get started and everything. Yeah, Jordan Johnson, County Commissioner. Um, got elected back in 2020 to the Augusta Commission at 26 years old. Um, took office shortly after that. I served District 1, so that's your downtown, East Augusta, Laney Walker, Harrisburg, Sand Hills, uh, Central Augusta by Richmond Academy the airport out here. Um, so you go past Apple Valley out by the paper mill. The district is pretty big. It's a big district. Um, and so that's that's what I've been doing for the last, you know, two and a half years now. Going, I'm in my third year now. Yeah, um, yeah. Time so flies. It, yeah, it does. It does. I said when you're having fun. It's a lot of fun, man, in this role. It's, it's a lot of work, but time flies. So third year. Yeah, that's... Looking back. Third is the charm, man. Yeah. It might be it might be a smooth year for you. You know, you got the rookie out the way. We'll see. The sophomore, <laughs> sophomore jinx out the way. Now yeah. it's the third year. Now it's getting real. Yeah. And then, because, I mean, soon you have to go up for, I guess, re-election or something yeah. like that, right? 2024? 2024. So yeah. that's next year, as you, you know. Next year. Now, now, this is the time... Of, not, now I hate to say it's going to sound being funny, but this is the time where everything you say you're going to do, you got to start doing that. I was like, hey, I came through. Man, well, <laughs> this you this know, is the I came through year. Right, right. <laughs> I'm happy because, like, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn. I don't. I like to give updates. But what I can say is that when I ran for office in 2020, I, I wrote a bunch of big checks, right? And I had folks say, well, you're writing checks that you might not be able to cash. But then when you talk about drainage in East Augusta, you're talking about revitalization plans in areas like Sand Hills that hadn't had a revitalization plan in 20 years. You're talking about standing up a homeless task force the first time in over 20 years. Like, those kind of things people can see. They can touch it. Right. We've been we've been very um, fortunate to be able to get some of those things done. And the thing about it, we're not done. We're just getting started. Um, and it's not just my individual efforts. The commission has been very gracious in some in some of the projects we've been trying to take on. 
So we had a lot of work. We 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 said we we're going to do a lot of things, and we're just yeah. trying to check that list off and try to have some fun in the meantime. Yo, I, I you know, like I said, I, and I always say this, you know, I, and I say smooth, not in the not in the sense of saying like you duck and dodge, but you're a very smooth talker. I'm gonna say that no more, <laughs> right? And I always tell you this. I'm gonna just I always say I, I say anybody I said Joe. That's it, Joe Johnson. <laughs> He's smooth. <laughs> Every Joe is is, is smooth. Yeah. Joe Johnson is a smooth player. You're a smooth talker. So there's two people I like to I like to kind of uh, channel my inner self in when I'm in um I'm in a bond with a conversation or a debate or something like that, right? <laughs> Especially with women, of course, yeah. right? So it's like there's <laughs> two people, right? It's, 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 it's Joe and Johnson, and then it's Joe Button. Oh, For Lord. some reason, he can talk his way out of stuff because he just asks a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So he's not answering anything, but he makes you feel like you're doing something, like, yeah. you, you know? Yeah. And then you just so smooth. It's like, hey, you know, did you answer the question or not? But I'm going to take it anyway, I'm gonna take it anyway <laughs> because it was so lengthy and it was so, like, full of knowledge. I feel like you told me something. I just, I just think that you know, here it is. I feel like everything I say now, I'm gonna be thinking yeah, he, that that dude, he just, he just got to tone. No, but I just feel like when, when, whenever we're having a dialogue, I could do one or two things. I can tell you the truth. I can tell you the truth, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna tell you like it is. I'm gonna tell you the truth, and I don't gotta be belligerent about it. Just, just tell you the truth. You, know? you just did it just in again, but it's all good. It's all good. I like that. Though. I just try to tell the truth, man. That's I, all. Um, I want to start. You know, I want to start with you, and I know people. I know the story about you from Augusta, but a lot a lot of things that I do, I try to channel like uh, the audience we have here and also people who are looking to see what Augusta has to offer and things of that nature. I mean, I ain't got to run down the spill to you about the name. You know the name stands for itself. It's just we have a lot more things in this city to offer than the Masters. It's mm-hmm. 365 mm-hmm. days, 52 weeks. So 51 weeks out of the year, we not the Masters not on our mind. Right. You right. know, you know uh, I'm pretty sure you have things to do dealing with the Masters because of your district and what you do. But a lot of your problems that come across your desk throughout the year, Probably aren't necessarily masters involved. No, not at all. You know, all. so um, first of all, just tell me like where you from, where you grew up at. You know, where you bring you born and raised here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So my mom was born in East Augusta, and she raised my sister there. And when I was born, we moved to Southside, Dalwood Terrace. Mm. And so we went from Delta Manor to South to, to Dalwood Terrace. And from Dalwood Terrace, my mom and dad were married, and they decided to get out of the projects and move out to South Augusta. Um, my mom and dad got married around the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and we, we went out to South Augusta. From there, um, I lived out there, went to Cross Creek, went to help Sipper Middle School, even spent some time at McBean Elementary School. Um, after I got older and, you know, lived a little life, not too much, because I came back at 20, <laughs> 24, I think it was. But I came back down to East Augusta. I lived in Eastview. You know, folks who listen, they know what the bottom is. Right, right. So, like, I came right back down, literally came from... Brown Road, Spirit Point, Brown Road, all the way back down to Eastview because that's where I came from. Yeah, know? Brown Road. I like uh, Brown Road. To me, is beautiful. It's a lot. It of, it's, it's a lot of development there. Yeah. Um. God bless. I forgot that district, right? Yeah. But um, because you don't mess it up, you don't want to go backwards. No. But uh, you you mentioned, you know, being from uh, Southside, right? And then your parents deciding to get married and, and move mm-hmm. out the na- mm-hmm. out the hood. What, what 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 did they do? Like, what was the occupation that they were able to make that jump? Or what was their mindset, if you know, to say, I'm going to take y'all from here, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring y'all here? Yeah. So my dad, he worked at a factory. The same factory he's working at now, he used to work at then. Okay. So my dad ain't had a new job in 20-plus years. Like, hey. this, this man is the epitome of, like, go to work, do your job, go home. So he was the distribution man over at FPL. He's been there for a long time, working, shipping, and receiving. Uh, he's the guy who he, he's in the bone room, so he's in the cold. My mom worked at KB Toys, so that tells you a lot about like where we came from. Mama worked at KB Toys in the mall. She worked at Hardee's back when they used to sell chicken, <laughs> <laughs> like whole pieces of chicken. And then she was studying at Augusta State to be a nurse. 
Okay. And eventually she became an RN. She got a bachelor's degree to be a registered nurse. And it was, it was just history from there. And in the meantime, we stayed with my grandma. My grandma was a retired worker from King's Mill. So, I mean, we just had that, we had that community, that community village, that vibe that, you know, y'all go take care of your business. I got the kids. And as they stacked and built, you know, we ran around Southside until they came and got us. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I, I know you, ain't, I know you ain't always been a smooth talk all your life. So like, what, 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 what were you like as a child? Like, what, what is Jordan like? Eight year old, nine year old, ten year old Jordan. Like, what is, oh, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Like, what, what, what's things you got into? So I've always been like, I'm, I've been an introvert most of my life, and I still am to a certain degree. People say you lying. No, I'm not. I'm very shy, very introverted. If I don't have to talk, I won't. Um, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler. I was like a big wrestling fan. Everybody knows I'm a wrestling That's fan. That's my notes. Wrestling. Like, love wrestling, man. I used to walk around with, with a yellow towel on my head because I thought I was Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, all those guys. And then I wanted to be a talk show host. Loved watching talk shows. Ricky Lake, Montel, Jenny Jones, Sally Jesse, Raphael, Oprah. Like, we were on a rotation with my grandma. Which is so funny because you say introvert and you say you talk. I get it, though. I I definitely get it. I don't know how that worked because I used to literally walk around with a brush like it was a microphone interviewing people. (laughs) And then when I got out of high school, I went to school for broadcast journalism and realized, hey, it ain't no money in that. So, like, I don't know where the mix between wanting to do like wanting to talk for a living and then wanting to go into a shell and just kind of be by myself my 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 ideal night or my ideal day is just is just chilling at home lights down candle on listening to music watching tv very smooth like yeah gotcha. yeah gotcha. because as a kid that's what we did like we used to run around outside and when the street lights came on we were back inside watching tv chilling how do you feel i don't know, if, I don't know when you find this out i'm just asking now. yeah how did you feel when you found out wrestling wasn't really real I mean, I've it always, is real. I always knew it. Okay, you, know, you always knew. I always okay. knew it. It's like a, it's like a movie. Like you know, we know Black Panther's not real, but when you see King T'Challa, you get. I mean, you feel him. Like like you, you just want to salute true, him true. when he died. We didn't, we didn't feel like we lost Chadwick Boseman. We lost, we lost James Brown again. We lost nah, our King okay. again. And so when you look at wrestling, for me, it's more so a couple things. It's an escape from the reality of the day, mm-hmm. right? All the BS that comes across the desk throughout the day. You, you watch wrestling and all of a sudden you're caught up in what Stone Cold Steve Austin got going on. But for me as a child, the biggest thing was just that that was me and my dad's so way of bonding with each other. He would come home from work. He would take his work clothes off. He would put on some night clothes. He would get in his recliner. We would watch Monday Night Raw. And that was literally the only time that I had to spend with my dad at the time. So for me, it was just like, you know, we came together. We came together. We had that moment. And that's literally been my bonding. He's in the hospital right now. And last night, we were sitting in the bed watching Monday Night Raw. That's that's dope. dope. He looked at me and said, I don't watch this stuff no more. (laughs) We watch it tonight. That's his voice? (laughs) Yeah. That's your dad's voice? That's how he sounds now. I don't watch this stuff no more. I bet you don't. But it was bonding for me. You know what I mean? So like as a kid, I was always just about connection, family, and just doing the right thing. Because life wasn't, it wasn't easy at all. So having an escape from the realities of that day was was important to me. What about school? Like, what, what, what kind of student were you? And now I know what kind of kid you were. What kind of student yeah. were you? I was a teacher's pet. I, I was. I was. Well, I can see, see that. I can see that. I, I can mean, see that. I was. So my whole thing was not in a negative way. Just, no, just, I, just give me that vibe right look, now. Man, just kind of rubbing off on your little. I knew what the power was. Politics. You was in politics before you was in politics. My mom used to tell me. She said, "When you go to school, you sit down, you shut up, you do your work. Whatever that teacher tell you to do, you do it." And I did it. And, you know, from this for, to this day, I have teachers that, man, I would give my shirt if I had to. Miss Polite, seventh grade teacher. Miss Robinson, fourth grade teacher. Miss Brown, third grade teacher. Miss Johnson, she's, a, she's my kindergarten teacher. She's a Zeta. I'm a Sigma. When I crossed, I couldn't wait to tell Miss Johnson that mm-hmm. I was a Sigma. So, like, all of these teachers, Miss Hill, they were, they were great people. So 
I always had this respect for my educators, for my teachers, man. And as a student, like I don't, I don't think I was profound. I wasn't, I wasn't always on the A B honor roll. I wasn't always making straight A's. I just tried to show up and do my best, and I, you know, I tried. And I, I think that's that's the big thing about like today with kids. Like I think we we push them to be so much instead of just saying, hey, just go try your best. Yeah. And from trying my best, man, I was on student council, ROTC in high school. Like trying my best got me got me through them years. So like I, I don't know when you say what kind of student I was, I don't really know. Um, but I didn't get in no trouble, you know. So I guess yeah. I was a pretty decent kid. I mean. Like I said, even if you were like being a teacher's pet or whatever, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it keeps you in the clear a lot of times too, mm-hmm. to make sure you don't get in trouble. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, my teacher relying on me, so I gotta, yeah. gotta do right. I hated trouble. You know, <laughs> hated it. But like, I wanted to make sure that if you anything, do one small thing, it's like yeah. they're gonna blow it up because you, you, you. It was, as opposed yeah, to the yeah. kid that's always making noise. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, hey, but he's he just threw a desk across the room. Yep. I, I, I just broke my pencil on purpose. Like, why do I got in trouble for Exactly. <laughs> so that's if, how I was going. If Miss Robinson says sit down, no talking, I was going to make sure she saw me sitting down, not talking. Because I don't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to get in trouble. Right. Mostly because I knew who was at home. Like, my <laughs> mama was not the, the nicest parent when she got off work. <laughs> like, let's be real. I love my mom. I respect my mom. I do anything for her. But my mom was not a joke. And my dad just had to stare. Like, he would just look at you. It don't matter what you had done. If you did something wrong, he wouldn't yell. He wouldn't raise his voice. He just look at you. And then my stepdad, let's not even get on that topic. He was he was a, a, retar- a retired sergeant in the army, and um, man, he was tough. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go home to all that. I didn't, yeah. didn't want to deal with all that. Nah, I, I, no. look, I don't blame you, man. I got in trouble one time in the third grade. My teacher told my stepdaddy, I had to rake leaves literally for like two years. Literally, no joke. She pulled up because she lived in the neighborhood. She knocked on the door and told the told the told my stepdad what I had done. And if I told you what it was, you'd be like, "Hey, but that's normal." But I got in trouble for it. <laughs> he literally made me rake leaves two summers in a row. Like, no money, hey, just do it. No money, no money. Hated it. So you owe you some bread to this day. You know that, right? Well, that's a different topic. But at the end of the day, I ain't want to get in no trouble. That was my that was my mo. I don't blame you, and, and and that's dope. I I like to hear that because like I said in the field you in now, I do know a lot of. I know it's crazy, but a lot of your past always it comes back because that's how they that's how mm-hmm. that game plays when, when it comes to politics and stuff right. like that. So I just wonder, like I wonder, like all your life did you did you did you know like I'm gonna be in politics, I'm gonna be in this, so I'm gonna act this way. But it wasn't like that. It just naturally you just had a a pretty decent childhood, you know, like yeah. you were just a good person. I so. had parents who care, and then my godparents. So my goddad, I had to give him credit. He passed away in 2013 or 14, but he was such a he loved politics. That's all he did. Whenever we went to their house in Kingston, he and my godmom, all we did was watch watch political stuff, and I hated it. Um, I just hated it. Before I could even go outside and play, like I had to watch like President Clinton and Al Gore and all those guys, Howard Dean back in the day, Jesse Jackson, like listening to them, talk, like just watching CNN around the clock. But I never really wanted to be in politics until President Obama was elected. When I saw Barack Obama become president of the United States in 2008, I... I knew for a fact that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Not because I knew, like, not because Barack was just Barack, but just the whole idea that, you know, why not? Like, he did it. He broke the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. You can do it, too. But making sure that we were helping people, like, that, listening to his speeches changed my life. And you, you, in high school, you graduated. What class I was, you? I class was in of, the ninth grade when he was elected president. You class of what, though? 2012. 2012. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. 2012. So... And I asked that question because uh, you say you went off to you went off to school. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was here in Augusta. Okay, you went to school here, mm-hmm. but you went for broadcasting. Yes. Right? 
Um, but you say you, you said you kind of fell back from it because there was no money in it. There's no money in it. But when you found that out, like, was no money. When you when you when find I started doing my research, <laughs> so I I got senioritis when I was in the tenth grade. I hated. I did not like going to school. Like I enjoyed high school, but I played around a lot. Like I was a leader at the school, um, but my grades I didn't cut the mustard. Man, I I played, and I regret that a lot. But um, no, I mean I was I was realizing so really the only reason I wanted to go into broadcast journalism was because Oprah was retiring that year and that's all you saw like and I, I remember watching her growing up watching Barbara Walters watching Max Robinson all these guys and um I had the opportunity to decide what I want to do and the school really did did not do a good job preparing us for college let's just be straight they yeah, did not cross creek that's crazy yeah yeah they said hey I'm telling you the streets stay in the streets say that's that's the school it is oh, okay it okay. is when cross they, creek they, was the place to be and it still is. But what I'm telling you, when it came down time to, like, get up, go to school, like, decide on what school to go to, Cross Street was so large. It was so many students. They had so many great kids to, like, if you weren't really on top of your stuff. Gotcha. You That's got, a good problem. You slipped. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. you slipped through. They weren't, they weren't going to grab you and make you do it. Either you wanted to or you didn't. So, I'm, I mean, I wanted to. I wasn't an honor grad, but I wasn't the bottom of my class either. But I did have good guidance counselors. They, they helped me. Um when it came down to like preparing us for like certain things, when I say that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get the help with like mm -hmm. knowing your major, charting your plan, sticking to it. Like I changed my major a bunch of times. And like, if I, I feel like if I had that foundation, I wouldn't, it, I would not have done that. So I wouldn't have wasted that time going to school for broadcasting and realizing, Hey, this ain't no, there ain't no money here. With you being like alumni of, of that mm -hmm. school, like is that something you, you try to bring back there? You try to make sure that students uh, from the future have that kind of, yeah. uh, yeah. Foundation. Yeah. So we just had a career day a few months back, and this is exactly the same thing I told him. I said, if I could go back to my sophomore, my 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 senior year of high school, I would do it. I would do it and change so much because at that time, the only thing on my mind was was leaving home, going to school, having fun, and not caring about nothing else. Mm. But knowing what I know now, if I had known it then, who knows what would have happened? I really, I think I landed pretty decently, but. Imagine what, what could have been, right? And I think at the end of the day, that is that is why mentor programs are so important. That is why big sister and big brother programs are so important because we've had those experiences. And when I was at the, the career day, I told him straight up, you better focus because you only get one shot at this high school thing. Mm -hmm. People don't really realize how much impact your high school years have on your entire your entire life. They sh Your high school years, sh they shape you so much. I have a theory. And um, I have it's not like uh, patting down to a T yet, but I'm gonna just say it right now. One of my theories is that high school is really a huge, uh, huge representation of how your life will be or can be, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I say that because if you do graduate, you have a good high school, you graduate, all that stuff, cool. Maybe you're in the in crowd, you're not in crowd, whatever. But in real life, once the real world hits you, everything, whatever job you at, whatever profession you in, it kind of reminds you of high school. Yeah. So if I work at a warehouse, that's a warehouse, high school center. There's yeah. a bunch of people there, right? Mm -hmm. Now you go, you got the, the the cool kids, you got the popular mm -hmm. people, you got the good side of politics, the bad side of politics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got relationships. You have to make sure you know this person, not know that person, just yeah. like high school. Yeah. You gotta take certain things seriously. You got slackers. You got uh, people who go above and beyond. Right. You got principals. You got people to answer to. You got people don't have to answer. You got teachers. You got leaders. You got all these all these different. Um, Job titles or just titles of people or yeah. types of person you can be, where it's like the same thing in high school. Yeah. So like, it's it's super important because it's shaping you because life is gonna be that same way. Right. Everywhere you go from now on. Right. You see what I'm saying? 
only difference in high school is like you get uh, chances because you got the puberty and you got your age and mm. you got a full adult yet. But after that, it's a wrap. Ain't no chances. No second chances. Very rarely do you get a second chance yes. to, to hit it out the park again. And so I said all that just to say, you know, and I love that is that example, bro. I really do because if we can go to our high schools and really start like honing in on mm-hmm. that, who knows where I, where, I, where our kids would land? Who knows? And I like, I mean, I I used to not, I used to hate that concept of, um, you know, if I just reach one of you guys, that's all that that's that's important, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it. When you're young, you don't understand, right? But then when you get older, like, damn, you know, imagine a bunch of people, right, just hitting one person, though, and it's like different people. You see what right. I'm saying? So now. Right. You didn't shaped uh, a generation or a, a future generation uh, coming after you right. to be a certain way or to look at life a certain way. Because right. sometimes, like you might go talk to somebody and, and they may not take it from you, they might take it from another person, but somebody might take it from you. Right. Now, y'all don't reach two people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Based on y'all experience, yeah. and I think that um, and yeah, you're right. The brother and sister programs, the big brother program, we need more of them. We need a lot of them too. We, I agree. we need a lot in in every asset of. I mean, in every, in every uh, space in life, whether it's sports, whether it's it's, it's art, school, mm-hmm. um, just real life, you right. know, anything like that, because somebody somewhere has done it before you, right? And they can, you know, say, "Hey, look, I made this mistake." Right. And I'm not saying you not make a person ain't gonna make a mistake. Everybody human, but just knowing the mistakes you made or the things you wish you can get back or what you would do differently may help or shape somebody's decision for that present time. Right? If that makes sense. It's important. It is so. It's so important. I think so too. I like that. Yeah. I like I like that idea. So, and I asked that question just because, like I said, you went to Cross Creek, and then you having that ideology of you know uh, y'all not being prepared for certain things, but it makes sense of what they're saying. You had so many good students; they didn't have mm-hmm. time to really. Some schools is different. Yeah, you got a little bit of good students like that, you know, <laughs> and it's like, we gonna be going, we gonna push these these Cross these Creek twenty. Was huge. I'm talking about Cross Creek was huge. I went. So my baby sister's at Cross Creek now. That school is so, it's so different than when it, when when I was there. Cross Street was huge. You couldn't even hardly walk through the hallway when the bell rang. Mm. You can walk easily now. I don't know what's going on. But, like, it was so big. The class was so large. Like, the class of 2012 was, like, it was, like, at least 120 deep. It was huge. Mm. Like, and that's probably not even not even close to what it really was. Right. The class was huge. And so, of course, you had your undergrads, your top 10. And, and, and if you look at the folks who came out of my class, man, you got so many entrepreneurs, so many business leaders, so many good people out of that class. Like, you had to connect. You had to get in and get out. You had to figure it out. But you had good guidance counselors who would who would help you. But when it came down time to just, like, learn about financial aid, learning about that refund check, you don't use it. Like. Mm-hmm. Learning about those small things, and I don't think that's an indictment on Cross Creek or the school system in general. I think it's just public education in this country. Definitely. How it just doesn't prepare you. It doesn't prepare you for for buying a house, for taxes, for the things that you do every day. I still don't use the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> still don't sure. don't know. Like I know how how fast things fall, nine point eight meters per second square, but I don't use that. Yeah. But I do pay my taxes. I do need to know how to do certain things, fill out W-2s. I, I, all of those things I should know how to do. Schools should teach those things. Mm-hmm. When I got to college, bro, I was so confused. Um, but anyways, I said all that just to say we have a responsibility to go in there and really help our kids, not make the mistakes that we made. And God, I feel like I'm sounding like my parents now, like back in my day. But for, <laughs> for, for real, like we can help the kids not not make the same mistakes we made. I, I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. They were learning lessons, but I, I think there was an easier way to, to take. So, I, so you, you, you go to Holland Cross Creek, you graduate, you graduate college. Like, what, at what point in your, your career or in your life you like, okay, 
I want to get into politics now. And what and I know you said Obama, mm-hmm. but was was it solely him in 08 that you that you said I want to do this or like what was it that said I'm gonna take some steps into politics in my own hometown? Well, I, that's when I started paying attention. I started paying attention when President Obama was elected, but I started getting involved. Was it because he was black or just because? Well, that, that had a lot to do okay, with it. I ain't gonna lie to you. That had a sure. lot to do with it. Hey, I, hey, I, I want to make sure I get one clean answer for you. I know <laughs> I get one. That's not a smooth answer. That's just hey, that's Jordan yeah, Johnson. He was black there man. You know, he was black man, beautiful family, and he the way he spoke was like butter. Like what? Smooth. Hey, smooth. Hey, I, now I know say, you get it from. Well, I mean, now I, I know you get it from. Let me tell you on a, on a weekend, right? And I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> I should not be saying this because they're gonna say, man, that man is so. On a weekend, when my friends are out at Red Wing or you know, 1102 or whatever the case, I'm literally at home in the mirror reciting Barack Obama speeches. <laughs> I can see you doing that. Literally. <laughs> like it, it, was, it was all about, here's my, here's my thing. This is my mentality. <clears throat> and I try to take this mentality in, into, into everything that I do. I don't know when I'm going to leave this world. Have no idea. I can walk out of this building right now and get hit by a car and be gone. What did I do while I was here? Am I wasting my time sowing my efforts, sowing my seeds, sowing my sowing my 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 passions into things that make that that I won't be able to cash in on, that I won't be able to show for, or am I spending my time building something that I can sit back and say, you know, Jordan, you did it, you did it. Your kids can say, yeah, we good. My mom, I can buy her a new house. I can buy her a new car. Like everything that everybody talked about when we, when we were kids, what we heard in the lyrics, mm-hmm. like those things, man. Those things is what really guided me. It's what made me want to do what I'm doing. And what am I trying to say? All I'm trying to say is I just didn't believe in wasting time. I knew at a young age, and I kind of felt that I was different. And I just figured, man, if I want to do this, I better start practicing now because ain't nobody going to give me no opportunity unless I snatch it. Ain't nobody going to grab me by the hand and say, come on, let me show you how to do it. Either you kick the door in with your own table in hand or you sit outside and you bang on the door and hope somebody lets you in. And I don't like banging on doors. And so I would take my time and try to learn the craft. If I want to be in politics, let me learn it. If I wanted to, to to work with kids, let me figure out how to do that because that was my first profession, working at Boys and Girls Club. Right, right, right. So it's like, how do you do it? So, man, go out, go, go play, go party. I'm cool. I still go out. I'll be a liar to say that I don't. But on the weekends, man, I was at home studying. I was reading. I was trying to to find my next my next route. And it wasn't because I just had this burning desire to be in politics, but I literally just wanted to help people. I was in ministry before I even took on politics. Mm. I'm in the church, you know, preaching, doing homeless drives and stuff like that. It's always been about how to help somebody else. And there's a path that you take to do that. And that's what I'm trying to tell folks. Like, if you really want to get involved in this kind of stuff, you can do it. Like, you can absolutely do it. There's space for everybody to be involved in, in this world. But at the end of the day, what are you doing to make sure that your seat is reserved? Right, right, right. And that's what I that's just the mentality that I take. Ain't nobody gonna give it to you. You said you mentioned the Boys and Girls Club. I want to pass that part. Uh, when when did you start working with them and why? Like so what, what was that? I was working there because I needed a job. I was broke. <laughs> I was dead ass broke. Um, oh, excuse, I don't know if I can say. No, that you can say what you want to say. Can say man. ass on this podcast. Yeah, you can okay. say you Jordan right. Johnson. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know now that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get calls. You should be saying that. I don't care. I was broke. Um, I had a Dodge Charger, and I my mama told me, she said, if you're going to get this car, you need to get a job. And so I went and worked at UPS, 
Can you see me work at UPS? Not really. Driving Fort Lifts. I was so I was so conf- I was so lost my first day on that job. Maybe at the front desk, like the package or whatever. Not not the Fort yeah, Lifts. I was working at, at the North Augusta plant, and um, the first day on the job, they saw my resume. They saw everything. It was it was not a good resume, but they brought me in, sat me in, a, in the in the workroom, and made me watch these training videos. I'm like, this ain't my life. I can't do this. <laughs> so after a week or two, after just going through all those trainings, they put me on the Fort Lift. They taught me how to use the Fort Lift, and I kid you not, man. I walked in, got in the fort lift, and my only job was to take the forts, move them, like take these big racks and put them on the truck, put them on the trailer. Literally lifting them up, putting them on the trailer, lowering the forts and coming back out and doing that, doing that the whole day. Tell me about it. Well, I hated my job. (laughs) So I took the fork and I intentionally like screwed up. You know, the wedge. I can't go because I don't want to be incriminated. I don't want to (laughs) incriminate myself. But the point I'm making is I hated that job so much. And I text my dad. I said, man, I ain't doing this for the rest of my life. And he said, oh, you see how I feel. So I, I, I remember applying for the Boys and Girls Club um, maybe like a few months or so before I got the job at UPS. And I just went in the break room. I never forget this. I went in the break room. I called the mayor's office, and the mayor's office wouldn't hire me. I called um, the congressman at the time. He wouldn't help me, and thank God, because he was a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but I didn't understand those dynamics. I was just looking for a job. He was an ops. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I just prayed. That's all right, Lord, whatever. I am still I still got to make this $500 car payment. Don't know what I'm going to do. I got a phone call from the Boys and Girls Club saying, hey, you applied to be a youth development professional. You still want a job. I'm like, I don't remember, but yeah, cool. <laughs> Came in, Gary Winfrey, great man. He did my interview. He said, Jordan, why do you want to work at the Boys and Girls Club? I said, because I love kids. He said, wrong answer. You're supposed to love kids and love monkeys. Tell me something else. I'm like, what do you want me to, what do you want me to say? <laughs> and so anyways, long story short, man, I got the job in about around like 2013 or 14. And um, I stayed there until 2020 when I ran for office. I was a youth development professional at Dalwood Terrace Boys and Girls Club. Then I moved on to being a unit director at Lake Forest Heritage Academy in the South Augusta site that's that's open now. I was the first director at the South Augusta site. Um, then I did a couple a couple summer camps at a couple others at a couple other units. But those were the best times of my life, a hundred percent best times of my life because those kids meant everything to me. Mm-hmm. And when I see them in public right now, they still run up to me and I run up to them like that was the best time of my life. And if I could go back, man, I would in a heartbeat. But um, I just wanted to help the kids. I really did. I never saw poverty firsthand outside of what I dealt with myself. I saw myself in those babies. I saw my mama in those moms. Like, I, for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was operating in my calling, mm. which is why that was the best part. That was the best time of my life because I actually felt like that was my calling. And honestly, those years at Boys and Girls Club made me want to run for office, hands down. What was it, like the influence you had on the kids there? That's it was the you. issues that I was hearing, man. My babies my babies were coming to, to, to Boys and Girls Club with holes in their shoes. Coming to Boys and Girls Club at five in, in the fifth grade and still couldn't read. Mm. I mean, moms were coming in, and I'm asking them, you know, Johnny didn't want to do his homework during power hour. Like, what's going on? And she would tell me, I'm working two jobs. Like, I'm actually going to take them home right now, and I'm going back out. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing it firsthand. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, did my mama go through this and come to find out? Yes, she did. And the only way that she was able to get out of all that was because she had help. Grandma. Grandma. The government. We, they were there. And so I, I, just, I just felt like in that moment, man, I realized, yeah, 
we've got to do something else. The city's got to do more. The state's got to do more. There should be no reason why people are living in in poverty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no reason why when you got the masters in this city. You got all this money coming through the city of Augusta. We got so much money from the federal government. We need to put that money on the ground so that it can affect people. There's no reason why I wouldn't have a grocery store in the area. Now, we're fighting like hell to get one, but it should have been done. Right. So, like, those types of, of ideas and those types of, 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 of just experiences for me is what shaped my experiences. Not even so much high school and going to—it going to just, just was not that. It was seeing it firsthand from Boys and Girls Club. And it was was it the need to want to want to change, want to help change, want to mm-hmm. help do something? Yep, it was. And and one of the biggest things was the playground out there. That playground looks the same now as it did when I used to play on it back in the nineties and early two thousands. Jesus Christ! And I was determined to get that playground fixed, and I'm still determined to get it fixed. Don't know how we're gonna do it. I think but, this, is, this is your promise, you. Yeah. Well, that was that was the that was the catalyst. Seeing seeing the need and just figuring out how do we how do we get that done? How do we get that done? Um. So and and, and you're, in that that boys and club boys club boys and girls club and, and dog and terror that's district one as well. That's district two. District one okay, is on the other side. It's, of it's so close. Yeah. The district thing is so weird. A map. Are they ever gonna remap that stuff? Every ten years. So gerrymandering happens. So what happens is every ten years, based off of the population, the state legislature, which is the state house and the state senate, they come together and they redraw the maps for the state, and then your local commission and school board draws the maps for your local. What happened this time around was that the, the city of Augusta, the commission and the school board, drew maps based off population. We don't want to stack a district. We don't want to pack a district, which means if mm-hmm. there is, you know, a district that's 70 percent black, why make it 85 percent? That it makes no sense. If there is an area where like the Jimmy Dias corridor where they're experiencing lots and lots of growth, you got to cut some of that down. Put, put people in another district to keep your districts even. So we got our maps as even as possible, but the state level, they took it, they ran with it, and made the districts more favorable to folks who perhaps have other interests than what we do. And so gerrymandering happens. And so when you look at this district, my district is, let's, let's use it for, this is for instance. You come up Highway 56 from, let's say, well, this is going to be difficult to do. If you So you start at the 520 interchange, right, where Apple Valley, Valley is. Apple Valley. Apple Valley used to be my district. It is not it's my not district no anymore. Okay. You keep going up Highway 56, the right side of the road, your Augusta Manor, your your the the two neighborhoods on this, on the right, that's one district. And everything on the left side of the road is my district. You go all the way up 56, Country Place and everything, that's one district. On the left-hand side, Castle Pines and everything else is my district. That's a, that is just blatant cutting districts in half to serve yeah. political purposes. I, and that's I was going. I, I didn't want to cut you off when you were saying it earlier. But I was like, the irony of you saying that, like, you know, they want different to be as even as possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like district one is like the toughest district. It That's is. just me. It is. I'm. I'm. I mean, even I read your post. You got Harrisburg, East Augusta, Sand Hills, Glendale, Laney Walker, Central, Olive Road, Shirley Ave. Just right there. If I stop right there, huge. Those are those places <laughs> people don't like stopping to get out the car. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. I get right out of walk around by myself. I appreciate that. Cause like now, I'm sure they do too. Certain time, man. I don't mind. I, that's, that's people. <laughs> <laughs> that's my people. Like, I'm scared. You still got you got Pineville, Pineview, Castle yeah. Pines, Downtown, Old Town, Lenny Walker Villa, mm-hmm. Bethlehem, Country Club Hills, Lake Olmstead, Delta Manor. I mean, it's huge. It's a lot. It's huge. It's a lot. You got everything down there. You got poverty. I you hope you still wealth. watch wrestling. I do. Okay, because yeah. you need it. Every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to be everything in the district. If you name it, it's there. 
You know? Um, I do want to skip over. Like I said, I know people know you in politics. I'm going to skip yeah. over a little bit of it, but I want to get into uh, you running for the district, okay. District One, right? So, what went into you running for that District One? Because you was you was ready in politics at that point, yeah. right? Um, and I'm skipping over some of the stuff too because I think some questions I would ask you, and you know, and I know people. Some people have passed away. Mm-hmm. I want to bring mm-hmm. up old stuff. It just made no sense. Mm-hmm. It's over with now. Um, so with you running for a District One, what went into that? Um, what was your like your thoughts? And then knowing the people who also were running against you, mm-hmm. did you ever feel like, dang, you know, they might have a they got a solid campaign to run, so it's kind of tough to run against that person. Like, what was your your mindset? I there? never thought that. I never thought that when I when I when I, so I finally get to tell my story, and I'm glad you asked me that question because yeah, I, I ask a question sometimes. Every now and then, let's know? do it. So <clears throat> I didn't want to run. I really didn't want to run. Um, my whole my whole idea was just to just lay low. I had just gotten elected chairman of the Democratic Party at 23 years old, and then I was approached to run for the district one seat. Um, Right at that time, I had just came back to the district, just just came back home, and that was controversial in itself. Oh, he just moved out here so he can run. No, I moved out here because I wanted to get out of my mama's house. I heard that too. I'm glad I, you cleared it up. I, I heard know, that too. I, I said know. they said he don't live out, he don't live out there. He live on such side. I said, oh okay. They man, they said all kinds of silly stuff about me, and I get it. That's what that's that's the nature of the beast. We were living in a hotel because our house caught on fire. Mm. I didn't help to Four days before Christmas, six days before Christmas, the house caught on fire. We stayed in a hotel that whole year, came back home, got home, got settled. I said, you know what? Family's good. I think it's time to go ahead and branch out and leave. You know, came back home, came back down east to Augusta, found a house for rent, $785. I said, sign me up. Y'all got more of those over there? Mm-mm. Scratching my neck, no, by the way, people. I think mine was the last one. Jesus Christ. Now mine was the last one. Now that same $785 home is renting for $1,000. No upgrades, nothing new, no new paint. Nothing new. Jesus Christ. But anyways, when I decided to run for the seat, I went to my parents and I told them that's what I wanted to do. And that's literally what sealed the deal for me. They said, if that's what you want to do, we support you 100%. We believe in you. And from then on, I just had to figure it out. I had to figure out how to raise the money. I had to figure out who to go and talk to. I made some missteps along the way because I didn't know I didn't know Augusta politics the way that I know it now. But I was never concerned about any other opponent, was never concerned about any of that. Not because I thought I was better than anybody. But if I'm going to jump in something, I'm going to do it to win. And so my whole idea was to keep my blinders on and focus on my race. I was focused on making sure that blight was cleared up in the district. You got so many abandoned houses in this district. It's a shame. I ran on that. I ran on infrastructure. We ran on making sure that the community was taken care of. And the voters resonated with that. I walked every single neighborhood, knocked on every single door that I know of in that neighborhood. Somebody saw that my shoes had holes in the bottom of them. And... I didn't do it simply because I wanted to win. I did it because I wanted to hear what people had to say. Folks were tired. Folks felt so disenfranchised. So much so, they wouldn't even talk to me sometimes. You're going to be like all the rest of them. We ain't going to be able to get you. You're going to be like all the rest of them. We don't believe in this. Which is why I take this job so serious. But the campaign was rough. It was tough. It was a long campaign because COVID happened. Yeah, how, how long was that campaign? Oh, man, the election was, it was May 2020. It was May 2020, but then COVID pushed it back to June. Then the runoff was August, but I started like June or July of 2019. Yeah. So I was on a trail for over a year, literally over a year, meeting people, knocking on doors, talking to folks, building my platform. It was tough. I was in the hospital like twice, Um, dehydration once, um, dehydration twice. Mm. Actually, both times it was dehydration. It was rough, man. how How do you come back? Hearing things like that, though, when you're running for something, and like I said, politics, so yeah. much of politics, at least to me, you let me know if I'm tripping, so much of politics, from what, I, what I see, or rather, 
is based upon like it's almost as if y'all don't and I'm saying y'all because I'm just putting this collective mm-hmm. y'all don't run off like okay well this is what I want to do this person said this is what I want to do a lot of times it's like this is what I want to do this person said that but X, Y, Z, it's like you're running off of attacking each other, which is mm-hmm. politics, so mm-hmm. fair game. I mean, that's the battle of it, right? Yeah. Um, but how do you combat that when you're getting uh, these rumors or, or you know, yeah. I've, I've moved here f- for this reason, not for that reason, or, or, or something like that. Or yeah. people feel like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'll ask you, like, if you feel like, do you feel like race played a factor for you? And I'm, 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 I'm leading up to other questions, sure, of course, but sure. do you feel like that played a factor for you where, like, and positive, do you use use that to your benefit sometimes? Like, can you use your race? I mean, they've been doing it for years, I guess, but mm-hmm. finally for us, you know, we, we can I, use I think in, in my case, so you don't have to respond to everything that people say about you. They said I didn't live in a district. They said all kinds of crazy things, all kinds of crazy things. But my campaign manager was so great in making sure that I knew that I didn't have to answer to everybody. I knew I lived in a district, so why did I have to get out here and tell you that? I knew why I decided to run for office, so why do I got to get out here and tell you that? Only thing you need to know about me is that you can't buy me and you can't boss me. And I did everything on my mic to let folks know that at 24, 25 years old, this is who you're dealing with. If you're going to support me, understand that. You're not going to buy me. Some folks say, well, you just it just seemed like you were the establishment's pick, that the establishment wanted you and they did everything to get you. No, they didn't. I pitched the establishment off every chance I got. They were they were upset with me. <laughs> I was gonna ask you because you said you made some missteps, and I, yeah, I'm pretty I sure that had something to do with it. But you being young, yeah. do you feel like was a do you feel like any any mistakes or missteps you made was based on your lack of knowledge? You just being young, arrogant, like what was it? I think it was a little bit of all of that. I had a I had an advantage being that I had led the Young Democrats for about three years. I was a state Young Democrats vice president, and political director. I was the local uh, political director and chairman, so I knew politics. Um, I had a point to prove. I was going to ask you, did you, did you, come, you feel like yeah. you came a little too cocky a little bit, kind of, or not cocky. really? I don't think it was cocky, but I had to let people know. And I think at the end of the day, they don't like that. They don't like people who are going to come to you and tell you straight up, you can't run me. You can't own me. You, you just will not have me by the tail. And I think as a young person in this field, you got to stand on that. You got to stand on that because they would come to me all the time. Oh, you the shining star. We're going to make you governor. We're going to make you this. You can't make me nothing. That's number one, that's God. And secondly, that's the people. If I don't do a good job, the people ain't gonna give me nothing. They will flatter you and make you feel as though, you know, um, as though you need them, as though you can't gotcha, do nothing without gotcha. them. Of course, partnerships and sponsorships, they have their place. But I felt like at that time, I had to establish myself as being somebody who would not be pushed around, who would not be bought, and who would not be bullied. And I know that that got on some people's nerves. I know that. How do you, how do you draw that line? Because you just made a good point there. How do you draw that line of knowing, like, okay, I, you're saying, like, you can't buy me, this, that, and third. And I know people listening, they're going to they're gonna love this question, whatever, but you can't buy me, whatever. But obviously, you know, people have to buy into the campaign, mm-hmm. contently speaking. So that's, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing, I guess, but it's possibly like a kind of pay-to-play type of thing. Um, it's like, you know, people feel like they put a certain amount of money into your campaign, mm-hmm. you they supposed to put their arm on your shoulder and you're like, you're agreeing with this or you're... That's what they think. So how, how do you draw that line? You, you, uh, you can change that narrative. And I think I did a pretty good job at doing that. And a good example is, is and I don't want to go into too many details, but uh, you not have... Smooth guy. Uh-huh. That's a not smooth guy. No, I ain't going to go into too many details, man, because, you know, we just want to be, you know... But I think at the end of the day, you had certain businesses who would come to us I received donations from engineering firms. I mm. received donations from lobbying firms. I received donations from so many different organizations. But I would tell them straight up, 
this check to my campaign does not buy you access to me and it doesn't guarantee you a vote. And if you look at my record with some organizations and some companies, I have stood on that. I have stood on the fact that if the facts don't line up, Jordan Johnson ain't voting for it. I don't care how much money you gave me. You took a risk on me and I appreciate that. And then if you don't want to give it to me again, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I don't owe you anything. Hey, I owe the Black people. Black power, man. Black power, man. I like that. I check like that. The I like that. I like that. Check the record. Check my check the record. I owe it to the people in my district. If the people in my district need something, it's my job to get it for them. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to lay down at night knowing that I did everything that I could under the parameters that I could. So politics, some folks do the play-to-play stuff. But remember, I was afraid to get in trouble when I was a kid. I'm not afraid to get in trouble now because I can control that. But what I am saying is I'm not going to get in trouble for no person. I'm not doing it. So at the end of the day, man, it's just about what you what you can do and what you can't do. But on that trail, I don't think it was a cocky thing. It was just me having to establish myself because I know how politics is. Mm-hmm. I know how folks will, how they will they will try to take you in and, and make you feel certain ways to get you to do certain things. And I just don't play those games. And I, I asked that question and not me personally seeing it that way or thinking that way because I, I don't think that way. I just, I've seen your progression, which I'll get into in a second. I've seen your progression, which I, I, I love and like. Um, but I do feel like um, with with you, with any politician, it's a bunch of narratives, you know. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't get on here spread people's business. People got, people that's in politics have been in the jail report and did this and mm-hmm. been had these cases. So everybody has their narrative. And anybody that's know you from, okay, well, he had this case, he did this. That's what they're going to know you from. So right. any narrative is always going, always going geared towards whatever lines up with you being a criminal or a bad guy. Right. So if somebody else dislikes you yeah. and they say this about you, People that like them are naturally going to like their narrative. So, and you got good narratives too. Like you mm-hmm. know, it's not like all negative. You got positive, negative narratives. Mm-hmm. But that come with politics. Yeah. That come with the, the job that you yeah. that you in. Um, so y'all got to have like you know heavy shoulders, and y'all got to be able yeah. to take all that stuff in. And I, I was just curious to how you how you draw that line because you will have people in politics, whether and I've I've heard this just from behind the scenes where uh, they'll. Some people get money to both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Get money to you and get money to the opponent. All the time. You know what I'm saying? Every like, time. <laughs> whoever, I mean, it's, to them, it's a win-win because they got it. They got it to to to, yeah. to to give away. Yeah. But every time they're betting on black and red. I yeah. have to just um I have to you know speak on it because I, I I was I was around. Now your opponent was Michael Thurman, mm-hmm. who I know I do know him well. Um, I, I like him. He's a good guy. Um, I have my own personal you know relationship with him because I think I was in hospital one time. He came to see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody from my job really came to see me like that, but he came. He, yeah, he don't know me from nothing. I, was, yeah. I thought that was that was a good thing to me, right? But I do know that um, y'all y'all ran on two kind of different uh, uh, campaigns, rather. Mm-hmm. I look at him as rich. I'm not gonna lie. I just me personally. I don't know what he got. I just look at him as such. You know what I'm saying? So I I was worried a little bit. I'm like, dang, I don't know because you know in our culture, you, you, so whereas the race might have been a, a win for you per se because they can relate to you. Mm-hmm. People want to hear from people who do who do that. Yeah. So he said the same thing as far as like you know, so many vacant houses down third. And I'm not gonna lie, I'll drive through there sometimes. I'll see Michael Thurman on the on the um what's that uh, excavator. Mm-hmm. I'll see him on there driving like yo, he really <laughs> out here doing this stuff. Yeah, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna sit here yeah. and cap him down like he doing he do his yeah. stuff right. Yeah. And I was like, this is gonna be tough because here you have a guy who like you a young up and coming guy who knowledge wise no one can touch the people like mm-hmm. you can. They can they can feel the same. I feel the same thing. It's the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. same race, same background. You know their story. You've been through that same right. thing. But then you have another guy who feel like okay, well he ain't been through it. He don't know our story per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. 
but he probably got the funds, whether it's on his own or back end. And then he has uh, just experience in that field. He rent property, all this type of stuff. So I was a little worried. I was like, I don't know. That's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be tough. And I was living in just one at the time. Yeah. So I thought I was like, it's gonna be rough to but yeah. you pulled it out. The, the contrast, and I like Michael. Michael's a great guy. I, I saw Michael the other day. As a matter of fact, we were on the yeah. same fair ride together. This little spin around ride. He's a cool guy, man. That's a cool guy. Like man. I, I threw up. Michael said he didn't. I think he capping though. <laughs> <laughs> I think he capping. But I love Michael. And Michael's a good guy. We have our differences, and even to this day, we don't see eye to eye on almost anything. But Michael's a good guy. Yo, yo, I love the I love the smoothness of this talk. Man. I mean, crazy. he's a good dude. I like <laughs> on almost anything. On almost anything. But he's a good guy, and I think at the end of the day, that's all I want to be known as. I'm like, is Jordan a good man? Yes, yeah. I think Michael is a good man. But in, in that campaign, the difference was we were in the fight for this district. We know that this district is under attack. We understand that gentrification is happening in the district. I was a candidate that stood on the premise that we can change this community. We can build it. We can grow it without putting people out, without displacing elderly black people. We can do that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to close the projects to get a good grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the idea, the ideas were just were just a little different. What does that mean for me? I just think that whenever you're trying to communicate your platform, you have to do it from a place of purpose. You have to do it from a place of passion. I just I still feel that way. Nothing that I do on the commission today is done in a way that anybody would be effective in an adverse way. Now you got some greedy landlords out here who are putting people out of their houses, and we're gonna get to them. We're gonna get to the slum lords. We're gonna get to the greedy landlords as Jack and rent up for a one room shack. Like that's crazy. Fox Den rent went up. I'm, I'm not even gonna do that. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, the, say, the point that I'm making is don't get me started, man. The point that I'm making is we can support us, we can support the community in in general without hurting one side of the track over the other. And I think that's where the conversation was just kind of was skewed there. I didn't throw any hard punches. I didn't go dirty. Nobody went dirty that time around. But at the end of the day, I think people just resonated with the message that we had to protect the district. And I've been doing my damnness every single day since being there to do that. But I'm answering this question. Is it tough for you? Because can you uh, can you bask in these kind of wins when people have their narratives and it's not really giving you props, so to speak? Because some people like and I and I me me and you spoke on the phone. While back before I was even doing uh, visuals like that, I was just doing only audio. I was well, podcast wasn't even podcast at the time. People know what mm-hmm. it was half the time. Yeah, yeah. Spoken for like an hour, some change, and you were just kind of giving me a side of a story, or whatever, right? And I always I, I appreciate that because you listen to the podcast. Okay, let me let me give you my side because this mm-hmm. is important for you to know. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, that narrative can be easily spun. I could just say, well, I ain't heard his side. I'm gonna go with who he said, you know. Right. And now I, I did make my own my right. own uh, my own um, illustration of what y'all are going through. But do you? F- feel like sometimes because you're so young that people put that narrative like hey they're picking you to push you it's not it's not nothing you're doing yeah you just have to be young and they picking you yeah versus well i'm young but i'm putting my work in and i'm yeah. doing what i gotta do so that i can be uh considered in these rooms or i can mm-hmm. be respected and amongst these people yeah and that's probably you know what you do yeah. but so many people feel like well you've been picked and pushed yeah if only they knew the real story if only they knew the real story, man. I, I can tell you account after account after account where I've been in rooms with people that I saw on the news that I admired, and they looked at me and turned their nose up because they didn't know where I was coming from. Mm. Who is he? Who who does he think he is? I'm just a young kid trying to make it, right? Trying to chase after a dream, trying to do the right thing. So I can I can see with that narrative because what other twenty something year old is chairman of the Democratic Party? What other twenty something year old is 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 getting senators and Stacey Abrams and other people to come and support them like that? That's just you just don't do that at twenty something years old. But I put this work in. 
and, and, and I've never felt obligated to go out here and tell nobody that. You will know that I put the work in when you started seeing the work getting done. You can't dispute $6 million in the ground in East Augusta. You can't dispute that. That's work. I mean, you just can't do it. And sometimes I had to do it by myself. I remember when I was first starting out in this game, right? I had one suit, one black suit, <laughs> one black suit, a couple white shirts from Walmart, and a couple ties from Goodwill. And I wore them things faithfully. I wore them faithfully. Go back and look at them old pictures, man, from back in the day. Back in, oh my God, I sound so old. <laughs> Go look at them pictures from like 10, um, it's been almost 10 years ago. Say, back in the day, man. That, oh my 10 God. 10 years qualifies back in the day. Jesus so you Christ. Know, yeah. After Jesus. seven years, it's back in the day. Go look at them pictures. I was, I was, I was faking it till I made it. But they didn't, they did not bring me in and embrace me. They did not do that. And I never wanted them to. I never wanted them to. But when I stood up and I started speaking what I spoke on that campaign trail from a place of humility. I thought I was very humble about what I was doing, but some people didn't think that. But at the end of the day, my whole thing was either you're going to hear the message and like what you hear and support me or you're not. You got options. I'm not your only option. Right, right. But I was not christened. I was not planted. I was not chosen. I was not selected. I was not funded. Like, I had to work for all of that. And there were many times where I was just like, man, I ain't running for this. To hell with this. I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I said that plenty of times, either after I qualified. Mm -mm. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. And trust me, now that I'm three years in, it's still not easy. I'm about to say, it don't get no easier no, to do it. No, <laughs> I still have my days where I'm like, this city can do it without me. <laughs> like, they, they can do it without me. There's still times today where I'm just like, you know what? Mm -mm. Ask Shonda Stovall. She'll tell you. Like, no, I, I, it's just it's just not that easy. It's just never that easy. This is a sidebar yeah, question. Man. You guys mentioned this. Where, where, where that suit from right there? This suit right here? Yeah. Well, like this it. is this is Calvin Klein. Okay. Just right. I'm writing that down. Calvin <laughs> Klein for three minutes. Calvin Klein, I don't remember where I bought it from. It's a little it ain't it ain't no suit, man. It's just a Calvin Klein suit. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it I, ain't no suit, it's just a Calvin Klein suit. It's just a Calvin Klein suit, Klein suit man. <laughs> it ain't like it's, you know, thousand dollars or above. This suit probably cost about a hundred or so, like a hundred and just a hundred, no big deal. Yeah. I mean, but but when you think about a suit. I like it. That's all I'm saying. I like the suit, man. But I okay. I ain't doing myself no justice. <laughs> no, not at all. Not this time. Yeah, no, it's not one of those smooth ones you can get. I ain't of. trying to be smooth. All I'm saying is it's just it's a Calvin Klein suit. But I say to say like you put the work into yeah. put that on. Like you you started from the you probably had George. I guess you had George too. Uh, George shirts. <laughs> I don't know and who George what? is. But, I still you know. go and buy George shirts for twenty dollars at Walmart. I have to. I have no choice. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> hey, look, that's what's that's, that's, You that's making around. me seem so elite right now, and I'm not. You're I'm Jordan just, Johnson, man. I, Come on, that mean nothing. I'm not. I don't. Look, I still shop at Goodwill. Like, I don't know. I don't know why people think that I'm just living on the on the hill and driving Bentleys and Mercedes. No, you're regular. You're regular. You're very regular. Yeah, I, I've I'm seen not. you out, and I've seen you like on, on a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Where I, I seen you one time. You had a white T-shirt on and some sweats. I said, "Hey, this is Jordan." I, I, walk up, I had to walk up to you. One, I said, is that Jordan? Yeah. Oh, okay. This morning, I was walking around with 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 some some. Um, Foam runners and <laughs> some some Adidas 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 joggers and stuff, man. A hoodie, like I I bum it every chance I get. I don't I don't dress like this all the time, and I think I think that's that is something that I that I don't think has been communicated because right, right. whenever I'm on Facebook or my profile pictures, I'm in a suit and tie. Like it's marketing. And probably people probably see it all the time and don't know that it's no. you. You know, so no, but I, I want to. So so you win District One, right? Mm -hmm. What your campaign? Now, I want to get into more so that before I get into the campaign part because this part is important. What is a commissioner supposed to do? Like what, what is your duties? And this is important because a lot of times people complain about the president, 
about the government, about this, and they don't know is certain people got certain jobs. Yeah. You know, so they'll complain about the president for X, Y, Z. That's not the president's job. Yeah. That's on a local level, mm-hmm. but they don't vote local level stuff. Right. So I want from your mouth. What is a commissioner's job All right. to its district? So if you look at it from a national perspective, you got the president, you have the House, and you have the Senate. The House and the Senate is Congress. They make the laws. The House and the Senate make the laws. The president is in charge of executing those laws. The Supreme Court is your judicial, the judicial branch. They uphold the laws. That's how the execution happens. On the local level, it's the same thing. The mayor is the executive branch of the government. The mayor is the representative of the city. The mayor is responsible for leading the commission meetings. The mayor is responsible for signing contracts. That's the mayor's job. The commission is Congress. We're making the laws. We're doing the day-to-day operations. We're paving the roads. We're getting the stores. We're writing the ordinances. The commission is where the bread and butter is in the city. And then your, 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 your court system, Jared Williams, LaJoy Williamson, Amanda yeah. Heath, Kelly McIntyre, you know, Omika Loggins, I feel like I'm missing some folks. I know I'm missing some folks. Uh, Ashanti Lily Powell's strong, you know, Judge Walker. Mm-hmm. They are the ones who enforce the law. So if you have a blighted building, for instance, and you're not in compliance with the law that the commission wrote, you're going to go see Judge Williamson and Judge Brown in magistrate court. You're going to go see those guys. You don't want to see Judge Williamson. You don't want to see Judge mm-hmm. Brown. So that's 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 the the comparison there. The commission makes the laws. And then the enforcement happened from your from your agencies. The commission is by far the most important position in the city of Augusta, hands down, because everything starts and stops with the commission from the gas station that's opening in your neighborhood to the million plus dollar economic development project out of the industrial park. Everything starts and stops with the commissioners, everything. So while you're focusing on what Joe Biden is doing, which you should, you should be focusing on, on Uncle Joe. You need to be focusing on what's happening with your mayor and your commissioners. I, I just feel like it's it's more likely that what's happening with the mayors and commissioners is going to affect you. Hundred percent. Before what Joe doing is hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hands down. That's all. You got to feel immediately. People. Immediately. Every day. Yeah. You know, and I I know I can't go kill me when I say this, but you know, <laughs> living in Pepperidge, you know, uh, it's 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 a a traffic light. It's like mm-hmm. uh, on Faircrest Avenue. Mm-hmm. There's some deaths there. I always say I need to travel. I need to travel. I need to travel out there. I think Hassan was a district over, was a mm-hmm. the commissioner over there. She good said, brother, "Call him, call him." I never really called him, but the thing is, it took me to say certain things to know. Okay, well, I can't get mad at nobody but myself or my my community for not talking to him about this. Yeah, because that's something he can necessarily yeah. fix. I got the answer now after all these years, but mm-hmm. take that knowledge of knowing, oh, that's their job. Yeah, it's yeah. not the mayor's job. No, it's not this person. It's their job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing you can't request and get get done in the city if you know how to organize. If you know how to get two or three more people who think the same way you think, you get your commissioner in the room and put that pressure on them, I guarantee you, you will be able to get something done. And when I say put the pressure on them, I don't mean be rude, but you got to hit them with the facts. You got to yeah. make your make your position known because guess what? Everybody else does it. Everybody else does it. I mean, just watch the news. So if there's an issue in your community that you want to solve, call your commissioner. If you can't get your commissioner on the phone, text them. If you can't text them, write them. If you can't write them, show up at the commission meeting. You gotta be able to make what make your your need known to the people who can do something about it, and if they don't solve your problems or if they don't help you, then you then you need to have another conversation in about four years. But at the end of the day, everything <laughs> that we need to do right, in this community, right. we can get it done. Augusta, we call it disgusta, but it's our fault. Like, what are we asking for? 
and I don't ever want to put that back on the on the constituents, right? But what I will say is that I know for a fact from my being in this seat that there are certain sides of town that always gets what they want. Oh, definitely. Always. I mean, we see that. We see, and I know you see it in, in, even in the the most you you in the rooms, yeah. so you see it. Um, I, I so you can tell me more about it because I want people to get this feeling yeah, too. Like, yeah. what are um the meetings like? So yeah, yeah, yes, commissioners. <laughs> And, 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 what it means like? Let me let me say this first. But, but, um, my so, hair is going gray, man. The, the, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, I know they're important, and so I work in retail. I'm, I'll give you an example of what I'm what I'm what I'm asking to. I work in retail, and I'm now a, a bigger manager at my store. So mm-hmm. it's the like you said, it's the mayor. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't gonna say, yeah, I can say and inside the building, it's the mayor, then it's me, then it's whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that. So we have meetings every Monday or every, every Monday, sometimes back to two hours, three hours. You would think after that meeting, you come out, you get to it, you should have a good, nice running store, right? No. No. <laughs> Next week, you can talk about the same thing over and over again. It's like sometimes even after the meeting, people go home and just like nothing happened. Yeah. So the people that post that anything we talk about in the meeting is supposed to get related to, the public or whatever, what you want to call it, mm-hmm. don't get related to. So right. it's like, okay, we, yeah, this is good. We're we on, we on the right path. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Write these notes. I, I can hand that out. All right, cool. See you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to go home. Let nothing happen. Take right. vacation. Be off today, whatever can mm-hmm. be. See you next Monday. Yeah. You know? And y'all meetings, mm-hmm. they too long for me to watch. I'm not going to say a lot to you. I, I, too I long tried for me to, to sit in. Yeah, I, I tried <laughs> to watch a few times. But I, like I said, y'all on Monday. I'm on Monday. So yeah. my meetings on Monday myself. I can't watch them. I'm yeah. in my own meetings. Yeah. I try to watch back, but I don't know. Tell, like speak speak to me about not not only the meeting but it's y- y'all in politics but I feel like there's so much politics inside that room and in general like yeah. before I get to the meeting tell me what does politics even mean to you what is politics like to you when you in this realm this is this is your field you know you the guy what is politics to you what does it mean it's just about who gets what when they get it and how they get it mm, that's, that's a poli- beautiful answer man that's politics you're right it's a distribution of resources. You're it's about right. it's about who gets what, when, where, how, and why. And why? Oh, Jesus! Then why? The why is is, 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 what, yeah. is what is what gets a lot of time because yeah. sometimes why is just simple as that person standing next to you. Mm-hmm. It's politics. I got a picture with him. That's yeah. why. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm voting for this person because because his grandma used to babysit me, or you know, go. you know, this is my friend. You know, it, we Facebook friends. How alliances are formed is so unique, right? But it's that's not a bad thing. Not always, no. But the meetings are long, um, and it's simply because you're you're governing a city. You can't expect to govern a city of two hundred thousand people, as large as Augusta is, in fifteen minutes. It's going to take time, and some of the issues that we're dealing with are complicated issues that none of us have expertise in. So you have to you have to lean on your staff. You have to lean on the people in the government who have the subject matter expert expertise. That can, that can take a while. So we meet four times a month. We meet the first, second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. First and third are the full commission meetings to where the, all 10 of us vote on, on big items. 10 commissioners. 10 gotcha. commissioners. And then the second and fourth are committee meetings. Um, and so the committee meetings... All public? All public. And the committee meetings are when we, 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 we break off into to smaller groups to discuss the issues in more detail. So I'm the chairman of the finance committee, and I'm the a member of the administrative services committee. Um, and so on those Tuesdays, we sit together, we, we talk financial issues, we talk administrative issues. Whatever happens in those meetings gets forwarded to the main commission so that everybody can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So um, they can be long meetings. They can be long meetings because this stuff never turns off. I mean, after one meeting on a Tuesday, 
I mean, literally the next day, sometimes the next hour, we're back on the phone. You know, one of us is talking to another one or, you know, going to lunch, meeting with this business owner, meeting with that stakeholder. It never turns off. So and I, I asked that question because I was told, and let me know how this works. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pass a law or something mm-hmm. like that, right, you have to vote on it. If I'm mm-hmm. mistaken, mm-hmm. if that's that process. Yes. Does it have to be majority or like how, how does that work with mm-hmm. the majority vote? Six votes. So six, six votes can do anything in this government except change the form of the government. Eight votes can change the form of the government. What I mean by that is our charter. So the city charter was established in 96, and it pretty much tells you how the city should be operated. Who are the who are the players, the mayor, the commission, the administrator, who can do what? Eight votes can change that, but six votes can do anything else. So an eight vote can change you being a finance captain? or, or Six votes do that. So six. eight votes can change. So for instance, the city administrator right now, is so this is a conversation that you're going to see coming up this conversation about whether the mayor should have power whether the city administrator should have power eight votes can change that because that is a matter of the of the charter that is a that is a um i guess a standard that was set by state law right now it's the mayor that has the power the commission has the power right okay. now I'll say it this way. The power is shared across everybody up there it's not saying checks and balances yeah the, the folks like to say the mayor don't have no power yes the mayor does it's the mayor like the mayor, the mayor don't have no more power than I have as the commissioner. I don't have no more power than the mayor has. But we have different responsibilities, right? So the commission can fire a department head. The mayor can't do that. Um, department the, head. I'm, so what is we, that? So you have departments. You have your water department. You have your parks department. Like water park, like water recreation. Water the like, utilities department. The like rec center. Like yeah. That? Yep. So oh, the rec cities, parks and recreation. Um, like the, the stank water plants, that's your utilities department, yeah. the landfill. So you can go, you can go, not, not, not yeah. to the new, but you can go to Bernie Ward and fire somebody, the, the head, department head. I mean, there has to be reasonable cause. I know, I'm not saying you and want then, to do that. I'm just, no, I'm just saying you have power people. to. Yeah, so yeah, yes, the commission gotcha. can okay. do that. Six commissioners can vote to get rid of a department head. The mayor can't. Six commissioners can vote to get rid of the city administrator. Mayor can't. But the mayor also has something that the commissioners don't have. And that is the power of public opinion. Like, the mayor is always meeting with people. The mayor is always going to be the chief executive officer of the mm-hmm. city of Augusta. Always. When folks come to the city, they don't say, I think I want to meet with Jordan Johnson today. No. They're going to go meet with the mayor's office. Why? Because the mayor is that guy. Right? And so when you have synergy between the mayor's office and the commissioners, good things can happen. When you don't have synergy, good things don't happen. Okay. So historically... There's been an equal mix of, of, of the commission and the mayor having synergy. But six votes can do anything except change roles and responsibilities. Got you. So six votes can change. If y'all if want to push a law to, mm-hmm. you can do X, Y, Z on this street, but not on this street. Right. Happen. Six votes. Six votes. All right. So is it ever a problem? Because like I said, it's politics. I know, I, know, I, don't, I don't know anybody's personal business. I'm just putting it out there, but I know enough to know. Y'all don't all like each other. Right? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand where this. Go ahead. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me phrase that question. Because <laughs> I'm about to go there. <laughs> I, I, I get you saying. I guess definition wise, y'all like each other. Yeah, we like each other. Y'all don't all get along. Let me say that. We do. So all y'all get along. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what what we see on TV is a small clip of a disagreement. Mm-hmm. If there's a contract on the table and somebody wants two million dollars, but I want to give them one million dollars, of course there's going to be a disagreement. But we always come to the table to decide what's best. We find that middle ground and we get along. There's this thing called the consent agenda. 90% of what we do gets put on the consent agenda. We don't argue and fuss all the time. 
but we don't even get along with our spouses 100% of the time. And so you expect us to get along with people 100% of the time that we don't have no loyalty to other than doing the business for the people of Augusta? I think that is where this whole idea of politics comes into play because that's where relationship building comes in. I've met and had lunch with every commissioner on that board. I have probably had words with every commissioner on the board minus Francine Scott because I love Francine Scott. Francine Scott is amazing. Um, but I get along with everybody, and everybody get along with everybody. There's going to be times when we're going to disagree. Simple as that. But at the end of the day, I think that we can all understand, like, you can expect some infighting. We're a legislative body. Our job is to make laws, is to, to run the city. That's not easy to do. But we get along to a certain degree. I, 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 I understand 100%. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that because, I'm, like I said, I'm in that same field. It's a bunch of us be the same level, so yeah. like, we might be in a chat. And somebody that might, might didn't do something, so we might say somebody in the chat, but I don't dislike them. Yeah. But it might come up that way because I'm getting on to you about, yeah. hey, step up, do your thing, you know. But yeah. if I see you and you need something, I'm gonna be there oh, for 100%. you. I go get pizza, go get lunch, bring bring, bring bring anything back for the team. So I can get that part of like, you know, y'all don't necessarily dislike each other no, per se. No. Um. They're, but, they're great people. But, great people. But I do know that everybody has their own goals. Everybody yeah. has goals. Everybody wants to mm-hmm. think a step ahead. It's politics, you know. Has there ever been not and maybe not since you've been off? Yeah, you've been off a long time now. You you you're a vet now. Um, <laughs> it's thirty years, man. That's it, man. This is it. That early stuff is over. With. But like, you you so you never felt like okay, well you you had a, a decision on on the board. Maybe it was something you you, you initiated. Like, hey, I think we should do this. You never feel like somebody just said no because it was you that said it. Yeah. Okay. Almost because I, 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 I had to catch myself. That's all I want to know. I, wanna, I, wanna know. <laughs> I had a fl- I had a flashback. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and to me, I'm not gonna lie. I, I do love that a yeah. little bit, but I don't because I do feel like I hey, look whatever you enjoy got going on right now. Like put that to the side. Man, I it's, can it's, tell it's, you it's some a good stories. idea. When I write my book, it's gonna it's gonna be something. Or oh, it's a bad idea. And somebody said yes because somebody else said it. And, they, and, they, and I'm like I'm pretty sure some of y'all got like you and friend. Some of y'all got better rapport than other. That happens. So all because the time. you put an idea out, naturally, be, y'all. Mm-hmm. I think I like the next person. Like I like that idea. Jordan said yes. Good, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's like Jordan said it. Oh no. Yeah. I don't. What is it? I don't care what it is. It no. happens Jordan from time to time. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> tiny home vote. I don't know if you remember the, the tiny home project. The tiny no, home vote. So, so the city of Augusta had been talking about passing a tiny home ordinance for a long time. I got in and I even campaigned on it and got it done. Right. Didn't get it done by myself. Had to get the commission support on it. Had to get six votes. I only had five. <laughs> It's just that one you just need to write. Just one dang on vote. <laughs> one vote. Did not know where I was going to get that last vote from. And I, I used to sit next to Commissioner Brandon Garrett. And, like, it's coming down to the wire. One of the commissioners told me, hey, I like the idea, but I, I just can't vote for it. Got up and walked to the bathroom when the vote started. Um, <laughs> like, I got some questions. Got up and walked to the bathroom. <laughs> I said, now all of a sudden you got to go to the bathroom. That's funny. Um, and then I had another commissioner who just oh. never would give me anything I asked for unless it was just something that he wanted to. Like, we worked on, like, certain things together. Right, right, right. But if he, if he wasn't completely clicked on it, because we clashed the most in public, he, would, he wouldn't give it to me. My colleagues, they were on it, right? Bobby Williams, Francine, all on it. But when it came down to the vote, I didn't know how I was going to get that sixth vote. If you look at my TikTok, I showed... Um, like this news article that was like no big moves for tiny homes and I'm sitting here looking at the camera like Jesus like, like, <laughs> like looking frustrated and um, the only way that that ordinance passed was Brandon Garrett mm. Brandon Garrett I'm telling you he took a sip of Coke like Coca-Cola he looked at me I looked at him I said man I need your vote he looked at me he drank this Coke 
And then when it got time to vote, he just pressed the button yes and walked off. <laughs> and at the end of the meeting, I said, nah, I appreciate you. He's like, yeah, I've been trying to get that done before you even got up here. He just walked off. <laughs> so, like, I didn't expect Brandon to yeah, vote for that, yeah. but he did. And I can tell you so many stories, man, to where, like, Sean Franham, Brandon Garrett, how those guys, Francine, Ben Hassan, it wasn't nothing that Ben Hassan couldn't do in my mind. Like, he wasn't perfect, but Ben Hassan knew how to help folks get their, their accomplishments done. Um Mr. Mason, Alvin Mason, he supported me on a couple things. And so at the end of the day, there's going to be some differences made. Hardy Davis, when he was the mayor, he and I bumped heads on a lot of different items, but we always would sit down and talk things through. There was, There's going to be times when we're not going to agree. Um, but yeah, there's been plenty of times when it was just like, oh yeah, you didn't vote for that because I brought that up. You ain't vote for that because you you know you want to do it first. It's all good. I, I feel like so much of politics is strategizing because like, do you, is yeah. it ever a thing like, look, this is a good idea. Look, I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and push this because if I say it, they gonna say no. So I want yeah, you go ahead and push this. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I just wonder that stuff because like people don't get to see that side of it. Like mm-hmm. me being in certain rooms and hearing certain conversations and knowing y'all on a personal level sometimes. You get to know a little bit more, you mm-hmm. know. And I've always, um, like I said, anybody tell me something, I'll keep it to myself. But as I'm watching, I'm thinking of the things I know. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that's what you're talking about right there, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it's dope to see yeah. y'all all evolve and grow, but still be, uh, still be in those same rooms and able to, yeah. and able to maneuver. So I like that. But yeah. on in, in, in these meetings, right? It, would you say like is Monday your, your favorite day? Is the worst day? Like what? I hate meetings. I don't know. Like meetings to me, just I don't like. Them. I don't like meetings either. Our commission meetings are on Tuesdays. Um, so Tuesdays are my favorite days because it's like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in commission mode, it feel like, you know, it's like Jordan fourth quarter. It's like, you know, he, about, <laughs> you know, he had a, you know, I just look at it like this, man. And I know folks going to say, did he go? But no, seriously, I'm 29 years old, right? Was elected at 26. Grew up in the projects. I had so much working against me. To even have the opportunity to do this, it's just, I can't even give the words as to how it feels. And so that old scripture, to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. I look at it like that, man. I don't know where I would have been. I don't know where I should have been. But all I know is God has put me here right now. I ain't saying that I'm the chosen one or God got me on this mission. No, what I'm saying is it's a reason, right? And so anytime that, I go to these commission meetings, even on days when I don't want to go. Like today, did not want to go at all. The meeting started <laughs> at 2 o'clock. I got there at like 1.57. Did not want to be there at all. Those days are still good days to me because it's worth it. Because some some way, somehow, man, we're able to help somebody do something good. If that's helping somebody not get evicted, if it's helping a business get a few extra dollars to help them stay afloat or doing a big economic development project to get you some jobs in the community, like it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Do I want to do it every day? Absolutely not. I go home sometimes at night and just wonder, am I doing the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Do the people still like me? Like, all the time. So it, it's not a cakewalk. It's not, it is not me walking with my head held high, chest puffed up, thinking I'm the man. No, there's times where I'm like, okay, did I make the right decision? It's times where I stay up at night. It's not an easy field to be in. That that saying you said, uh, you know, to who much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. I think that got me through a lot of stuff. Cause like yeah. when you take them positions where you're leaned on, or you, the fingers always pointed at you, or you yeah. always want to have to give an answer, mm-hmm. even when you have nothing to do with it, you gonna you walk into problems every day yeah. that you have zero to do with. Mm-hmm. But because it happened in a certain area, and now it's your problem. Yeah, I've been in office for three years. Everything that happened before, before me is your problem, my problem right now. If they didn't fix it before they left out, it's your problem. It's my fault. It's my fault. So some of the hardest things that I deal with. 
is constituent calls. I get so many calls sometimes that are just so irrational. I get cussed out every day, every day. Like there's never a day that I don't get cussed out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> every day. Like imagine that. My phone rings about maybe 20 or 30 times a day. And a majority of those calls are, I need help. I need it ASAP. Like 911. If you can't help that person, or if I'm not able to help that person, I take that personally. They say you have thick skin. You can't have thick skin when somebody telling you I'm about to get put out. Mm-hmm. My stuff about to be on the on the curb, you know, by at eleven o'clock and it's ten thirty. Like, what do you do then? When I got in, we took on the homeless issue. Like, I remember that. Yeah. That is a hard task to take on. So like, it's not an easy job, but it's a job that is that that has benefit. Because if you're able to see the issue for what it is and you're able to take a stab at it, man, and and, and that's not even say you're successful at that. Nothing that we do, we do in, in a circle. We, I mean, as an individual, we do it together. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do anything by myself. The commission did it as a whole, right? But it's not, a, it, it, is, it is a challenge. But I say that to say this, we need more people in office who can understand what I'm saying and then take it and run with it, man. Like, Politics ain't about getting rich and moving on to the next level. Like all this councilman take power stuff, that stuff ain't real. It's about it is about doing for people. It's about making sure that folks' needs are met. And if you're not in it for that, you need to go home and stay home. Like it is it is something that is so valuable and people need to just tap into it. Don't let me ramble. Please don't let me ramble. No, I, I like that because I mean I I know people like to think about salary and I know I made the joke about the suits and stuff, but the thing is, you know, like that's very minuscule to what you have to do. Yeah, the yeah. amount of money you get, like, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, hours that's not accounted for. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I always say that once you salary, that's how they get you. But they regardless, nothing. they give you a good lump sum. You don't get mm. you don't get paid. Hopefully, you get paid right. You know, something mm. like that. But it's it's go, it, what's going to happen. Like you said, you know, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Right. So yeah, I know you off, but I'm gonna call you anyway. Yeah. Because you gonna take care of this issue because you in charge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to do with that. What's your like? Like for 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 an average day for you, like give me a day, sun up to sundown. Like give me that real quick, <laughs> if right. you don't mind. I wake up at five o'clock every morning. That's too early. I'm gonna just tell you right there. Okay, we gotta start right there. Why you wake up so early, man? Because man, the day is over with by eight or nine. If you think about it, when you get up in the morning, by the time you brush your teeth, take your shower, eat you some breakfast, and then figure everything else out, it's ten eleven o'clock. The day is over with. A lot of breakfast. Well, <laughs> no, but. I, but <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you funny, but but look, I, I want you to finish. But I do think I, I agree you're with you. A fool, man. I think twenty four hours is not enough time. It's not in enough day. time. I think we need. Can y'all pass that law? No. It, it, oh, okay, yeah. Dick eight Gregory, votes, no? no. Ain't gonna do it. Eight <laughs> votes can't do it. <laughs> Dick Gregory it. said it. He said that the way they get you is by telling you that you need eight hours of sleep. You can't. You can't. No, um, like that's sleep deprivation. You might need that, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. I, I I can't. I can't get none of eight hours of sleep. No. So I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. The first thing I do is I drop to my knees and I pray. First thing is first, I got to pray. Got to thank God for waking me up. And then I do a little reading, do a little meditation. Got to get my mind straight because by 7 o'clock, the calls are starting. I eat me a breakfast. 7 o'clock? I get calls at 6. Man, I get calls at 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes. That probably was up last night. Why why you mess me at 2 in the morning? Hey, man, I I message you in the morning because I'm I'm laying in the bed brainstorming. (laughs) I feel I I, I know it. I know it. I know it. I get the most work done like at night. So so 5 o'clock. Six o'clock is just my silent time. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock, I try to do a little exercise, and by eight o'clock, I try to be at the office. Um, 
And then from there, I'm making phone calls. I'm reviewing agendas. I still have a real job, right? So I still have a full-time job. I'm working there, doing doing my work there, Georgia Shift. Um, I'm home sometimes 8, 9 o'clock at night. You know, after that, I'm taking my shower, trying to eat something, and I'm back at it. I'm back working. I'll either sit on the couch and work, lay in the bed and work, do a brain dump, you know what I mean? But it never turns off. I'm always up, and then I'm right back up again at 5 o'clock in the morning. Y'all get days off at all? No. Jesus no. Christ. There are days where the, where the government is, is not is not on, like MLK, Christmas, those things. But even on those holidays, we're still working. Yeah, because problems don't stop. Yeah, the problems never shut down. We're always so, doing something. Even over the Christmas holiday, we were dealing with pipes being burst when it was cold. Yeah. And that, was, that was tough, and that was all over the city. So we, yeah, don't, God, we don't get no days off. I work in Aiken now, and it was real bad out there. Yeah. It was bad out here, too, but I work in Aiken, it was really, really bad out there. Yeah. We couldn't close the store down because our pipe burst inside the store. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, man. No days off. It's yeah. all good, though. And like I said, said salaries is one of them things where I say it's you. Only the strong survive. That's what I, I say. Only the strong survive in them kind of things. So a lot of times, I'm not saying you can't complain about nothing, but people be hourly and they complain about stuff. And I be like, yeah, but when you punch out, that's it. Like, you, you kind of good. Unless you just choose to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I have, I have a, I, not saying an oath, because I don't take an oath, but I signed saying, hey, I'm be working salary. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I had an issue. I got to gotta go fix that, yeah. you know? Um, you'd be lucky to have a good team with you to make it to where it's easier for you to handle yeah. things. Um. What would you say is your most like uh, your most your biggest win so far in office? Now be careful, I'm actually your biggest loss too. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it, and I'm gonna be thinking about that one too. Um, I don't I don't consider anything a big win, man. Really, I don't believe in victory laps. I mean, after after one thing is done, you got to jump right back into something else. I don't believe in celebrating. Kobe Kobe Bryant said, it. "What are we celebrating for? We ain't done. Like celebrate. I when got you, you, yeah. Celebrate when you're done. I look at but but if I had to say anything. I ran on, and it's so, let me see, I ran on blight and community revitalization. And when I got into office, one of the first things that Commissioner Bobby Williams did for me, which, and I thank him so much for this, um, he looped me into the blight ordinance conversation. He had a vision to draft a law to hold people accountable for the, for the abandoned houses in the community. And I ran on that. I ran on that because I meant it. Um, and he looped me in on the conversation. He made me one of the co-sponsors for the legislation, for the ordinance. And once that ordinance passed, I was I was super happy. We stood on the porch of a blighted property and signed the ordinance. Mm-hmm. And today that that property is gone and there's beautiful houses going on right now. So that's definitely one of them. Um, and then I also, I'm always going to go back to the work that we did in East Augusta. Eastview flooded. East Augusta used to flood all the time. And it still does to a certain degree. But we were able to earmark $6 million to be able to go in and put pipes in the ground and, and, and work with the neighbors in the, in the area. I'll never forget Miss Smith. Miss Smith lives in, in, in East Augusta. When I was running, she invited me to her house, and she had on rain boots, and water was literally up to her thigh. And she showed me how it was just just messing up the whole block. Um, and once that project got going, I told Miss Smith, Miss Smith, we're going to complete this project. And I don't know if she really believed me or not, but she said, we're going to, I told her, we're going to complete this project. And when it started, she called me and she was thankful for it. And I was just over to, to visit with her a couple of weeks ago. So I really will say East Augusta and that blight ordinance was was probably two of the big things that we were able to do. Um, Commissioner Lee Beard is one of my was one of my political idols. He passed in 2004, and he started the Sand Hills Redevelopment Plan. Um, Sand Hills was his baby. He was the mm-hmm. first black principal at the Weed School in Sand Hills. He was not able to finish what he started because he passed away. And so we were able to get that revitalization plan that that Mr. Beer right. wrote 
passed unanimously. So I'm proud about that as well. Um, and just a host of other little things. But I, I guess if I had to choose my top three, it would be the Black Ordinance, East Augusta, and that San Hills plan. I want I want to ask about the loss. Cause I think it's hard to really determine that yet because you're still in office. You don't know until, you, until you're either not in or something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what is something that you ran on that you haven't been able to fully bring to fruition yet that you kind of want to make that a priority yeah. to bring to fruition? It's so much. It's so much. I ran on making sure that communities were taken care of, that folks were taken care of regardless. And that's a tough job. You know, so when you look at the fact that this district is still a food desert, you know, you can't solve that in three years. Mm -hmm. You just can't. So when I run for office and my opponent says there's still not a grocery store in the district, I'm going to say it first. There probably won't be. (laughs) (laughs) There probably won't be. You know why? Because at the end of the day, they shut down Cherry Crossing. They shut down Gilbert Manor. They shut down Underwood. They they moved the people out of the district. And when they moved the people out of the district, the amenities went with it. But that was before you. And that was way before yeah. me. That was way before me. Way but before now it's me. your problem. But now it's my problem, and I still feel the sting of it. And so what is my job now? My job is to make sure that the rooftops go up in the district because when a grocery store comes into an area, they're not looking for goodwill. Oh, these, these nice people need a grocery store. They're looking for the dollar bill. So now my job is to make sure that people are actually moving into the area. We got, we got apartments popping up every single day in the district in a way to where whoever wants to live there can live there, mixed income housing. And we're still going to be stopping for other housing policies. You look at, you know, paving roads. There's so many roads in this district that mm-hmm. need to be paved. We don't have all the money to get it done, but I still want to be able to get that done. Affordable housing is something that I'm still, still trying to champion as best as I can with the members of the commission because the fact of the matter is it's just too damn expensive to live in this city right now. And everyday people cannot afford to rent at the rates that that that, that we're going for. That is a problem. That even, is a problem. Even people that's making, and I would say, a good salary is anywhere between the, you know a fifty and up. Let's say that. Let's say that's that's okay salary. I mean, it's better than most people. It's people in thirties, you know, and they can't afford it. So mm-hmm. imagine being above the median, mm-hmm. uh, salary wise or, or income wise, and you still can't afford to live. Yeah. It's crazy. In certain places. People making $30,000 a year, $34,000, $40,000, $45,000 and still yeah. can't afford rent. Yeah. It's, it's just impossible. too high. And so when we're looking at stuff like that, so well, Jordan, what are we going to be able to do? We have a, we can we can leverage tax credits, tax incentives. We can pass inclusionary zoning ordinances that says if you're going to build 300 units, a percentage of those must go to low to mid income families. Like that's that's Walton Oaks. The old underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that happened. That's how Walton Green is happening. We can do these things, but you got to have the political will. You got to be able to get the six votes to make it happen. And I do believe the commission understands the need for for affordable housing. But I, what I will tell you is, two hundred thousand dollar homes, folks are buying them up. You go to Colorado, they're going for nine hundred thousand dollars. So Augusta is not as expensive as other places, but for our market. Folks are struggling, man. Folks are struggling. And when you have folks, and, and I only say that because I have people calling me every day talking about they're getting ready to get evicted for missing rent payments. And that's with having rental assistance. Mm-hmm. That's with having rental assistance from the state and the local. The fact of the matter is people are living in poverty. And you can't just simply budget your way out of poverty. It don't work that way. And, you know, that's probably just a little bit of liberal and, and radicalism coming out of me. But at the end of the day, I think that is the biggest thorn in my flesh. It's the fact that we get so many calls about housing that we are not able to fulfill because the housing digest is just not there. Now, what are we going to do to make that to make that work? We didn't have a housing workshop. 
the city needs to come to the table and talk about housing from a perspective that's 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 fact based and that's solution based. Because I'm not thinking about the developer who just wants to pad their pockets. I'm thinking about yeah. the, the woman who lives in Meadowbrook that just called me and said she's about to get put out and don't have nowhere else to go. She needs somewhere else to go. So what are we doing with the dollars that the state and the federal has given us to help everyday people who don't know who their commissioner is? That's what keeps me up at night, literally. And that's not a talking point. I literally have. You ever seen The Water Boy? Of course you have. By Boucher, man. Of course, of course you have. <laughs> he, Coach Klein had the green book. Yeah, right? yeah. I have a green book, man. I have a green book with all the thoughts, the times <laughs> I write them down. I got a green book. Um, but again, don't let me ramble because I can do this all night. It's nah, just I, that I, is I, the biggest thought in my flesh. And that's why I, I mean, I like to talk to people that's in, into politics or just in, in that field. Yeah. Um, I always feel like, I mean, I can hold my own. Like, I always, I know when to cut off or not, but I do feel like you're saying a lot of things that people need to hear because mm. um, not everybody follows. Like, they don't know when to, when to watch the meetings and when to do this. So, yeah. this is. But some people in our in our mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. this is gonna be the longest time they ever heard you talk. Yeah, you know. Um, I do want to ask a few more questions though. Like, what I first want to do is this. Like, I think it's important for me to say. I, I should have said it earlier, but my first time ever really meeting you, my first time. I don't know if you remember, but it was at Five Twenty Radio, and it was a. I guess they was doing some kind of interview thing. I was fairly new to the yeah. to the to what I was doing at the mm-hmm. time. The lights, the I was. I was I was super shy. Yeah, I think I went second. I just felt like ah, uh, because <laughs> I had more of them go first. They were talking the sexual stuff, whatever I you know. All of that, yeah. And then I went. I'm like, oh, yeah, just, just you, you know. And then you went. And you talk politics. I'm like, ah, I'm like damn, did I, did I get was that a the, the bad part of the sandwich? Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I sitting there watching. I remember how you was talking, how you mm-hmm. spoke. And I'm like, damn, I like this, mm-hmm. you know. And then over the time, just watching you uh, progress. Grow, uh, uh, handle adversity, handle your name being slandered, handle other things, still progress, still progress, and then to become what you're becoming now and do what you're doing now, that's very uh, applaudable. I want to make sure that that part is said to you. In the midst of everything, you know, I joke a lot and I, I, I talk about politics and stuff like that, but y'all, 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 y'all wear very, um, very uh, hard hats, rather I say to say, you know, and um, I, it's just, it's just disrespected. I want you to know that it's respected. Um, Within y'all feel though, right? When you talk about making these plans and stuff like that, how hard is it to make plans when all these plans take money and the money not coming out of necessarily your pocket per se, but you have to go somewhere to get the money. So when y'all when y'all do uh, when y'all do make these plans, who or how is it calculated? How many you gonna need? Where you go get it from? Like how does all that work? Because that that's like a strenuous process to me. Yeah, you talking about a grocery store? I mean that's. It's a lot of calculation right. to be made. Right. Even just even putting it somewhere. Yeah. So with the grocery store, that's a private development. The city won't the city doesn't necessarily open up a store, but we can provide Does that help or hurt? It it depends. Because on one end you could, the city could open a store. We could open a grocery store. We ain't gonna make no money off of it. But we could. But on one end, we could provide tax incentives and property to a grocer who wanna open up in the area. Mm. So which which route do you take? You don't put millions of dollars in the building a store, you take tax incentives over a course of time and give it to a grocer and let them eat off of that. That's the route you take. When you talk about like, so I'm gonna go back to East Augusta, the East Augusta plan. That plan was funded through SPLOST. It was uh, funded through Stormwater. So some of these programs that folks talk about that we vote on and that some folks don't like, it's getting things done. When, when when yards flood, like, and we have to go out there and take the trucks that suck all the water out, that's stormwater money. When the right-of-ways need to be cut, when you see the grass seven foot tall, mm-hmm. we got to pay for that out of stormwater. We got to pay for that out of other uh, other enterprises. This city has thousands of bank accounts. 
thousands of them. And it's very, it's, it's very hard to keep up where all this money is going. I'm the finance committee chairman right now. And so if I didn't have heartburn yesterday, I have it now, right? <laughs> because you have to make sure that you're good financial stewards of the, of the taxpayers' dollars. You have yeah. to make sure that you know where the money's going. So if there's a project, always identify a funding source. We have a city administrator, and we can always tell that city administrator, hey, we want to do this. Can you find the money? And nine times out of ten, they'll be able to find it through SPLOS, previous SPLOS packages, general fund, which is, in our case, your checking account, Mm -hmm. or the reserves, which is, in our case, our savings account. Just got to know which way to go. Um, But the key is to be a good financial steward of the people's money because you work hard for your money, and you don't want us down there just, you know, buying lottery tickets with your taxpayers' dollars. That ain't what we down, down there to do. Our job is to make sure that the money get put in the right place. I know you mentioned, like, you know, you're walking around the district, jacket off and all that stuff, and I, I, I would, I commend you. I love the district. Mm-hmm. But I do know that, I, in my opinion, you probably got, if not one of the hardest districts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you think about the crime and mm-hmm. the poverty in the area, um, how do you take that on, knowing that, even in three years, even in two terms, like that, that's something that's going to be hard to really change because that those areas have been in poverty since 88, mm-hmm. 98, 2008, 2018, mm-hmm. probably 2028. We hope not, but right. you see what I'm saying? Like, right. how do you, so when you, when you, when you, when you take this, this district on and you, I know you mentioned you not care about the wind, but what are like small wins or what are small things that you can do to like help you sleep at night to say, I am, we are progressing somehow, some way, especially yeah. when you have all the crimes. I think, I mean, last year, and that's not you per se, but last year, Luger got killed mm-hmm. um, from a lot of gang violence, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Josie uh, homecoming shootout. Like when you have things like that continues, continuously happening, yeah. what pressure does that put on you? Even though you already mentioned that that's kind of the DA kind yeah. of situation, yeah. but at the end of the day, will you be in a commission? To it's still my job. Your line going And ring. I said that on the news. When the news called me about it, I said at the end of the day, I take full responsibility for it because this is my district. I can't pass the buck to the sheriff's office. I can't pass it to District Attorney Williams. I can't pass it to nobody else. Even though I have nothing to do with, with stopping crime in the district, I still feel responsible for it because at the end of the day, these are my, these these are our people, mm-hmm. right? When 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 the baby was killed in in in, in Southside. You know, I don't even like saying her name because it hurts. Yeah. I was out. Of, I was. I was out of the state. I was out on the conference. As soon as I got back, I went to see the family man. I used to. I used to walk on Third Avenue. I used to play on Third Avenue. You was a kid there. Yeah. Like I'm about to cry now. Like, bro, I used to. I used to play on Third Avenue. Okay. When I heard about that, my heart was broken so bad. Um, the shootout. Well, not. I ain't gonna call it a shootout, but the shooting at Josie. The shooting at you know. At Delaney Gang with a young man from Thompson, hell, even my house was broken into. I remember you said that, yeah. Like they ran in my house and took everything, you know, but the Bible. Like I feel that, I feel that. So what do I do? I mean, I ride my district every day. If I see somebody out there, I get out and talk to them. I try to hear what they're talking about. A lot of the problems that we have goes back to the fact that the war on drugs happened in my district back in the eighties. And back in the, the 60s when the civil rights era happened, the middle class funded it. The 70s, the factories closed. This ain't Jordan. This is facts. Mm-hmm. The crack came in, right? Crack came in. People needed to feel good. You know, the Umar Johnson, the Umar Johnson theory. Right. It happened in my district. Laney Walker, Bethlehem, East Augustus, you know, Sand Hills, Laney Walker, uh, um, um, Harrisburg, uh, Glendale, all these places. It happened there. Once thriving communities... 
when they took the jobs out, everything else went with it. And we're still feeling the sting of that. Yeah, we had all these other, you know, good wins in the community, but where's the economic engine in Harrisburg? Where can the average person in Harrisburg walk to work? Nowhere. Where can the average person in Lelaney Walker neighborhood walk to go to work to make some money for their family? Nowhere. If they get on the bus, it's going to take them hours to get there. So we're not necessarily fighting the gun or fighting the gang or fighting the action. We're fighting the system. We're fighting the system. You know, when Jesus came into the temple and he saw them, you know, gambling in the temple, he flipped the tables. And unfortunately, we're not flipping enough tables. Mm. If we know, if we know that the problem is an economic issue, why are we not solving it from an economic perspective? Now, there are jobs coming into the district, $663 million, from what I understand, worth the economic investment in my district. But is that going to touch the young man in Harrisburg who's selling dope just to take care of his mom and his sisters? No, it ain't going to affect him. He's not going to go get a cyber job. He has no access to that. I say it all the time. You can teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. But if that man don't have access to the pond, how is he going to have access to fish? This is an access to the pond issue. If you don't have access to go eat, make a lot of sense. Yeah, if you can't feed your family, what are you going to do? You can't hold on to hope. What is hope? Yeah. You don't. You, what is hope? The military don't hope they're going to win before the war starts. They already have a plan. You can't eat strategize, off of hope. Yeah. Got to strategize. Yep. You can't eat off of that. And so I get passionate about it, man, simply because at the end of the day, people are struggling. And we would rather sit around here and play Mickey Mouse games and instead of just making sure that people have food to feed their families. That's a basic right. That's a basic need that we're responsible for, for people having. That's where your game violence comes in at. Yeah. That's where people were shooting folks over shoes and over chains and stuff. So they can, you, know, they, you know what the young man who broke into my house stole from me? What's that? Jewelry. Jewelry. And when I found out he stole jewelry, I went to court and asked the judge not to prosecute. Because that young man, he ain't a thug. That young man ain't a bad young man. You know what he tried to do with my jewelry? Pawn it. Sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, and wow. that's the only way that I knew that it was my stuff because I Googled, I put it in Facebook Marketplace and I made contact with the young man. He said, that ain't your stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Bro, yes, it is. <laughs> Come on, man. Give me, give me my stuff back. <laughs> but you know what I told that judge? Don't prosecute him. Don't send him to jail. Let me talk to him. Young man got a job. So I don't know what he's doing now, but the point that I'm making is you cannot address a systematic issue by being tough on crime. Being tough on crime just means throwing people away and locking them up. You yeah. can't be tough on crime. You got to be tough on poverty. If you're not tough on poverty, nothing's going to change. And that's where I wish we would get to as a, as a community. What do you see for, like... I mean, now I know I know you got your own task at hand. Like I said, you in year three, but like, what's some goals you got? Like, what do you see for yourself? I mean, obviously, obviously, anybody pretty much knows um, that it's, it's no sky's the limit for you, of course. But like, what do you see for yourself? Like, what do you see yourself doing and being like? Years Honestly, from now? man, I don't think about that. It's too much to think about. The commission takes most of my time. What I really want to do is get married and have some kids. Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. I'm so tired of being alone. Hey, nah, I see? just want to get married. If you're going to be smooth, kids. you got to do like Obama and sing the song. So go ahead and I sing ain't it. Singing it. Yeah, he sounded smooth singing he that did. song. He did. He sounded smooth. Obama. But no, I just, I want to I wanna get married. I want to have some little Jordans running around, man. I want to be able to say I, I left something here other than political stuff. And what I realize is, man, after I die, um, 
they'll replace me within a week if I die in office. If I die out of office, they'll mourn me for a week and we'll be on with our life. But I want something more than that. You know, political positions is one thing, but I want something more than that. Definitely, man. Look, this was dope. I do want to tell the people, like, because I think the general consensus is that people in the office aren't uh, accessible. You can't find them, how to find them. Um, if you give me a spill real quick, I know you know the information. Anybody that's watching that, whether they made it this far, I'm putting clips out, so it not matter. Like, how can they, I know the answer to this, but I, don't want you to, I, I know you know the answer to I know the answer to this. But how can they find out, one, who their district commissioner is, Right, um, and then two, if they find out, how can they contact them, and 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 what is and what issues are um, things that they they should be talking to their commission about? So, first, you can find out who your commission is by just going to the city website augustaga.gov, going to the government tab where it says find your commissioner, the commission tab, and find your commissioner. You put your address in, and we'll pop it to up. You, right. Our phone numbers, email addresses, all that stuff will pop up. You can always call or text your commissioner. Um, I say get on Facebook. You know, you can probably get me on Facebook quicker than you can get yeah, me. Yeah, I never. Like, I don't think I ever called your phone. No, I always hit you on Facebook. That phone rings all day. Like, it rings all day and all night. And sometimes I'm like, Jesus Christ, can I get five minutes? Just five. Just five. But hit them up on Facebook, talk to them. And when you talk to your commission, just make your request known. Whatever you want in your community. Bounce those ideas off of your commissioner and see what your commissioner says. I think at the end of the day, we have some very logic, logically logical thinkers. They are very approachable, very nice people, and um, you won't have much issues with, with your commissioners. Just, just have a conversation with them. I can definitely agree. I can say this. Anytime I've reached out to a commissioner, they've always reached out back, and I even have some called two or three times and I didn't answer back just to make sure, hey, look, you good? Yeah. I don't want you to say I didn't, I didn't call you back. Right. What's going on? Right. Um, so I've never had any kind of dealing, but also um, I know how to reach people because, well, for one, I know Karen Gordon, so I'm just going to always go to her, first of all. We but, all work for Karen Gordon. Yeah, Karen Gordon's, I mean, Karen that's the mayor. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. that's, 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 that's the boss, you know? I was messaging Karen last night, too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her message today, but I said I ain't going to do it. I was going to surprise her with this. I was going to surprise her with this. I ain't going to oh, do it. I didn't it. tell I was coming today, so. Karen, Karen man, Karen's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, Karen is Karen, man. We work for Karen. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. She's too smooth, man. Yes, yeah, she is. The cool. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, this was dope. Uh, yeah. I, I love it, man. I I feel like, too, now when I, when I put this out, I know other people are going to hit me up wanting to come on. I like to do po- politicians or politics and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't shy away from it. I just feel like getting your story out there was dope and getting people to know who you are because yeah. I do feel like this piece of uh, content we got is going to be something that a lot of people that um don't watch the news don't know. Yeah. Or don't have the don't have a TV, but they got they got Wi-Fi, or whatever, right? right, right. This is what they are gonna see. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm appreciative of the time. I know yeah, we went a long yeah. time, but it was definitely worth it, man. It's Likewise, the, the two years I waited was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> was it? Worth. Was it two years? Yeah, it was. About right two, years, two yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, I was about 160 when you last. I'm 200 oh, now. Yeah. You 200 now? 200, solid, you know. I lost so 17 pounds over the summer. Oh yeah, I seen that you lost a lot. Of, I seen you lost some weight. I seen you, but I seen you how you were jogging, you were doing your thing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And you stressed out, so it's all good. That it was all, stress it all, it all, it all. Yeah, <laughs> look, stressing, stress, stressing will make you lose a couple pounds. Like this, like you mentioned the suit. I wore this suit back in July during my town hall series when I went neighborhood to neighborhood in one week like a nut. I could even close this jacket today. I could close it. There you, you go. Know? See, so, small wins, man. Yeah, man, small wins. But I really hope that 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 you know. Something that I said tonight, you know, just would really help somebody say, you know, I want to get involved, too, because really the difference between where we are and where we want to go is us showing up and making it happen. Lee Beard, greatest politician 
that are in my mind to ever live in this in this city said it best. Things don't just happen. You have to make them happen. We can hope, we can pray, we can we can wish and all these things, but all of those things are action words. You have got to get up and do something. And so if I can help you get plugged in, hit me up. But at the end of the day, we, we just got to do something. And I'm looking forward to the future of this city. Really am. Last question. Yeah. Because um, you mentioned the favorite politician. Who's your favorite speaker of all time? Favorite speaker of just all curious. time? Would probably have to be Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Okay. Cool. Yeah. cool. Nelson Mandela had a had a, had an amazing way of communicating a thought. Yeah. I like Fred Hammond, but I know it's not the, the, the greatest thing to be saying because people don't like him for some reason. But oh, I, think, I got a picture I thought, of Fred Hammond on my desk. Uh, Fred Hampton on my desk. I just think of that young person being mm-hmm. so wise. Mm-hmm. Twenty th- th- That age and talk how he talked was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, Fred last, Hampton, I have a picture of Fred Hampton on my desk, and I have a picture of uh, Stokely Carmichael on my desk. There so you go, man. I'm, I'm with it. You Fred still, is the man. You still be practicing your Obama in the mirror? No, I don't have time for that no more. You ain't got time for that. <laughs> I just, I just I, man, look, that was like, no, I don't have time for that no more. I, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. Barack, President Obama's out here making Netflix specials, so that's another conversation. Well, wait for your book to come out. You be, you be there soon. So I ain't worried about it, man. Oh man, you too kind, bro. You be you there soon, kind. man. You too kind. But yeah, man, this was dope. Yeah. Shout out to you for coming through, man. I appreciate you know it. What time is it now? It was eight forty nine. You know what I'm saying? John Johnson is out. He about to go home, lay down. His phone probably been ringing up. Look, I seen him. You seen saw it ringing. It's ringing meeting? the whole time you was yeah. talking. So yeah. I appreciate you not cutting it short. What we at? One forty-five. So hour forty-five minutes. This was dope, man. Yeah, bro. I appreciate you, man. Anytime. More Masters podcast. We out. That was dope. Yep. Yeah. I had a meeting.